Hey, what's up, guys? This is a much different start to a podcast that you guys are accustomed to. And the reason for that is because we unfortunately ran into a technical difficulty in the first 18 minutes of the pod have been completely wiped out. We have no audio of it, but the rest of the podcast is fine. We had OG on the show. We talked about a bunch of trending NBA topics, and that's coming up next. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the podcast, and sorry about the technical difficulty. It won't happen again. Plus, Pat Bev is also a defender, so I think this is I think this is a pretty big deal for these guys. And with the Clippers, as much as I'm as as, as much as a pessimist as, as a lot of people are, including myself, because of what I've seen. I do think to myself sometimes, you know, what happens if this thing works? How are we talking about these guys? OG's trying to give himself that out. You can hear it. You can, you can hear OG is thinking, ah, man, if this hits, I'm going to be looking. I'm not going to be looking the, the the best because I'm with you, OG. It's hard to have faith. It's hard to trust these guys. So, so I can understand standing on that side. But it's always been when they're healthy. They're the team to beat. Absolutely. And I think this is a unique trade because typically when you see stars or superstars traded, one team is going in one direction and one's going the other. Right. We usually yeah. see like when KD gets moved, like, OK, the Nets are probably moving towards a rebuild. Um, But this is one where the Sixers aren't trying to rebuild. Right. They're going to use these assets and flip them down retool. the road. Retool. Yeah. Like to yeah. get a possible Zach Levine, Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam at the trade deadline, because like OG mentioned, <laughs> Joel Embiid's 29. Right, he's not getting any younger. the The window to win with Embiid is your best player. You only have a few years to really maximize that. So it's not just you're trading James Harden for these role players and picks. It's what can these expiring contracts, which basically all of them are, and picks are going to get you down the road. And then for the Clippers, they have really two different paths are going to go down at the end of this year, depending on how how it happens. Because if they end up succeeding, if everything goes right, you win a championship. Phenomenal. You probably resign damn near everybody. Um, but if it doesn't go well and either injuries pile up, you have a disappointing playoff run if James Harden once again does not show up in the playoffs like he did last year more nights than not, you know, on one side, you want to bring these guys back, right? You have this multi-billion dollar arena opening up. Steve Ballmer was gushing over it on, on national TV a couple of nights ago. So I'm sure he doesn't want to, you know, open up that stadium, open up that arena and your best player is Terrence Mann, right? So there's definitely oh my God. ownership wise to re- resign these guys. Yeah. But the Clippers, this feels like this is the best roster they've had, right? This Kawhi and Paul George error now adding mm-hmm. James Harden, adding a real, you know, playmaker. They've had a, a very kind of Celtics-like feel where Kawhi and Paul George do a lot of things similarly very well at a high level. But in closing time, in those crunch minutes, do they have someone that can get the offense going? And it's not so much just isolation, isolation, your turn, your turn, which we've seen from both these teams, the Celtics and the Clippers. So I think it's a great move. I think overall it's going to help the offense and the flow of the, of the game, especially in those fourth quarters, that crunch time. Um, I'm excited to see because these are especially the three guys, the Russ, um, James Harden, Paul George, who are still trying to you know go out there. They're trying to win that championship. They, they know that there's only a couple years left that they have at their absolute peak. They're all coming together now. Kawhi's leading the ship. So I think on both sides, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams end up at the end of the season. Joe, make no mistake about it, Joe. I'm still out on the Clippers. I just want to make sure we clear. <laughs> all right. I'm still out. Right. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm still out. I just want to make sure we clear on that. I'm still I don't out. blame you. Now, Drew Dells, who do you think won the trade? It's TBD because this the Philly has like what's Philly gonna do with these assets? If Philly does nothing with these assets and mm-hmm. at the deadline, you know, they end up having to move MB because they're five games under 500, then that's an L for them. But if they flip that and that pairs with Zach Levine or Siakam, and now all of a sudden they get past the second round and Embiid wants to stay around and Maxi continues having a breakout season, 
and it's a win for them. So it's hard to say in November because we don't know what these pieces are going to turn into. But the way that Maxi has been playing now that we've seen his usage increase, it allowed this move to be a lot more easy for yeah. the 76ers to make. We've also seen Joel Embiid progress as a playmaker as well this season, his ability to pass out. We're seeing his assist totals go up and but on top of you just watching the games it seems as if he's having a lot it's coming a lot more easy to him passing out of those those situations and the offense has become very more free-flowing so if that's going to be the case and Joel's going to progress the way that he has from one season to the next where he was just an MVP the one part of his game that he needed to refine was passing it looks as if early on in the season of course that he's done so and Maxi just the offensive output that he's been putting forth we're talking about the the Eastern Conference player of the week that's how great he was I think that the 76ers, they get rid of that headache. They don't have to worry about the James Harden situation. You still got some assets. Like you mentioned, retooling is the perfect word. Because with Maxi and Embiid, this team is still a playoff team. The Clippers got better. You can't ignore that. James Harden put together an all-NBA season last year without the title. And you add that true playmaker to that offense, which is what they needed. Russ has been great, but down the stretch of games, it becomes very difficult for him to be in your closing lineups. You have James Harden there where he can still facilitate and still get Paul George and Kawhi into their spots. Kawhi and Paul George are amazing, but the reason why I kind of lean Philly is because from what history has shown us with the Clippers, there's no true faith that you can have with that team in terms of health. You want to say, say it, Riff? Uh Okay. Uh, OG, did you want to say something? I just heard you. Well, well, well Drew, I, I, was, I was mentioning that with James Harden, the ways he's played in the playoffs, and not just the way he's played in the playoffs, Leonard breaking down, and yeah. Paul George looking the way he's looking. I think it's a teaser. That's why I can't get involved with this Clipper mm. team. I, I can't like Paul do George. it. When he's on, he's I healthy. He's great. He's I, I can't do it, and I won't. Yeah. I will not. As, 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 as cleaned up as you are, as good looking as you are right now, I will not allow you to invite me to dinner because I'm not going. I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna run out on me. You're gonna leave me. Yes. You're gonna leave me with the bill. You're gonna leave me with the bill. That's exactly what's gonna happen. And I'm gonna be sitting at this table again, saying, "What was I thinking? I'm not doing it. I'm not. No, I I, I can't do it, Drew. I've seen I've seen James Harden more than once, more than twice. Go the other way in the playoffs." James Harden last season in the postseason, yes, he left a sour taste in your mouth, but there was an opportunity for the 76ers to win that series against Boston, who we thought were the better team in the series. The two games, there was two of three, of course, that they won, but two of those games, James Harden was at his best, mm -hmm. and they were able to come away with the W. So we know when James Harden's at his best, he can bring he can compete with the best team or one of the best teams in the association, and he can put you in position to win. But when he's down, and he's not the, the James Harden that you want to see, that's when he becomes a strong liability. And, OG, oh, you're 100% right there. But we know he has those capabilities. It's just a matter of consistency that he hasn't shown us. With the Clippers, it won't have to be as emphasized because of how clutch we've seen Kawhi down the stretch and Paul George as well. He's just His primary focus is, hey, when we need you to get a bucket, you can get a bucket for us too, but be the initiator, be the facilitator of this offense. We know he can do that. Drew, have we not just heard James Harden say that I am not a system player, I am the system? Yes, Are you kidding right. me right now? Is that what I got to listen to in addition to what I'm seeing him? In addition to seeing what I'm seeing from him in the playoffs, I got to hear him say, I am not a system player, I am the system. Teams like the Lakers, teams like the teams like Golden State, uh, let's see, Minnesota, Phoenix, they're standing on tables and they're applauding this. Why? Because the implosion is coming. 
the implosion is absolutely coming. Hey, listen, because I won't be overly upset. I won't we, be. We, we, we've seen this countless times where James, the best example I can give you, Joe, is you know who James Harden is? James yeah. Harden is the guy when you show up to the party and you see him, yo, that's my man. Two hours later, yo, security is like, yo, come get your man, yo. <laughs> come, come get your man. And then they pulling you to the side, Joe, and telling you, hey, yo, don't bring him back in here. <laughs> don't. Mm -mm, don't bring him back in. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I'm a pretty much stand on where I've been standing for the most part. I don't think the Clippers win any trade that they've made over the past couple of years until they win a championship. I agree with I that think wholeheartedly. That's fair. That's I fair. Think for Paul George and Kawhi to give up what they gave up, because you essentially give up all that for Paul George to also get Kawhi and then to blow a lead in the bubble, you know, get to the WCF, but Kawhi gets hurt. Then back-to-back -back years of Kawhi and Paul George going down with injuries. I think, obviously, that trade is one of the biggest failures in NBA history. And then now you make another trade for James Harden. This deal will not be looked at as a W on the Clippers side until the Clippers win a championship or even make it. Like there's, there's just no thoughts in my mind to change it differently. I think that's how I feel on the Clippers side as opposed to the fit. You know, from what I've seen from the Clippers in their five games, Westbrook's been that uh, dynamic. You know, he's nice. been playing defense, playmaking. The energy is high. You know, Paul George has probably been as aggressive I've seen him in the past couple of years to start a season, so I think that's good. Kawhi has been up and down, but Kawhi is still Kawhi. You figure he'll get it going. He had a great game against the Lakers. Um, Bones Highland has been good. Zubak's been good. They haven't had team man back. And they pretty much gave up guys they weren't really, like outside of Batum who they play, Roku just started playing. Mm -hmm. You know, Martin Jr. is not good, and he wasn't playing. Marcus Morris, they've been trying to move him for a year or Ever, two. Yeah. So they really didn't give up nothing to get Harden. And at the same time, you know, like you mentioned, it, Paul George is on a player uh, option. Kawhi is on a player option. You got this multi-billion dollar arena being built. You kind of have to win a championship. And this is probably the best move for you right now. I don't think they're better than Denver because I don't think they've solved, have an answer for the Joker. Nope. But I think they're right there with Phoenix. I think they're right there with the Lakers. Like they are right there with those teams and the teams after Denver. But until you find an answer for the Joker, which Zubak is not that, you're going to have a tough time playing Denver. For Philly's side, I mean, like I mentioned it, they got rid of a headache essentially to their team. I don't see the, I don't see a world where they need to bring in a Zach Levine or Mikel Britt. Like, where, where does that lead you? Like, where does, that doesn't put you next to Milwaukee. That doesn't even put you close to Boston. Like, Tyrese Maxey is a great player, and I love him, and I think he will, you know, have a great breakout year. He will be MIP. He will possibly be an all-star. He's going to be great for this team. But I think bringing in a guy like Zach Levine, who you have to tie four to five years of money to, and he's a guy who's injury prone. He's getting up there in age. Not ideal. Bringing a guy in like Mikel Bridges, who's on a team-friendly, beautiful deal. But I don't think that also propels you. I think at this point in time, eventually you have to think about giving up on Joel Embiid. Not because he's not a great player. Not because he's not an MVP, but because... The window was gone. I don't think the window is short. The window is gone for this team. I think they're going to have cap space next year. And the free agents we were looking at were guys like Kawhi, Porter, like the guys of older age. And do you want to, those are, those are high injury risk players. So I think inevitably Philly has to make the tough decision and they already started with James Harden. I think inevitably they have to make the move of trading Joel Embiid. But in terms of who won the deal, Philly's solid. You know, they got a lot of cap relief. They have uh, some picks that they can trade if they really want to go get a player for the Clippers, in my opinion, until you, like I mentioned, and I feel the same way about you. I love the deal. I'm interested to see how the dynamic works. If Russ Harden do start, do you start PG and Kawhi? Do you bring Russ off the bench? I'm interested to see how Ty Lue 
can figure this shit out, but I love it. You know, I love it for the basketball scenario. I love it for the entertainment. I loved, I would love to see Paul George get a ring, but his team has been banged up back to back postseasons. You can't trust them. You can't trust James Harden. So it is a wait and see for me. Is the process over, Red? The process has been over. I can't, I can't just give up on the idea of Joel and B. Like, let's trade him, sure. But how are we going to get better from trading one of the best players in the NBA? I think you have to start the process over. I think you can, I think, like, say, like, what star right now can really put you, like, I know Milwaukee's struggling, but in a playoff series, I still trust Dame and Giannis versus Joel Embiid and whoever they bring in against Boston. I think Boston clears the Sixers. Like, no matter who they bring in, they don't have a chance of beating Boston. So, like, and what star player is going to keep Joel Embiid in Philly? Like Zach Levine's not, but the way that Tyrese Maxey is playing, and which I love it, he's been he's been on a different level For right sure. now. But just, I still think Boston, like you, still got Drew, you got Derek White, like you have guys. Un- I understand where you're coming from. Looking at the way that Boston has been playing basketball recently, that seems to be the top dog. Talking about a Milwaukee opening night for for them. It was an excellent game, but we see Milwaukee right now. The issue is defense. I think that that'll yeah. get fixed. They're not going to be a bottom three defense in in the NBA all season long. With the way that they played against them, of course, I don't think that we've seen Philadelphia go up against Milwaukee in the past, and that be a mismatch for them. We know that Joel Embiid, where he did struggle night one, he's still going to be able to get his regardless. And we've seen that Giannis, let me not say that he's struggled against Philadelphia, but Philadelphia has done a good job of containing My question him. is, how, how, how can you have no faith in Kawhi and PG but have faith in Joel Embiid that's the thing I, that's not that's not true at all what I said I believe in Kawhi. No, I'm saying I'm saying for Philly like like we don't believe in Kawhi's like we don't believe in the Clippers to stay healthy, healthy yeah. we should have the same disbelief for Joel Embiid being healthy for a playoff series or showing up for a consistent playoff run but what have the Clippers done they've stood 10 toes with those two guys for sure and they've said hey we're going to give you guys this opportunity. We're going to continue but I think to loan they gave, up, they gave up everything for those players. You know? And they've also gone further, too, Rev. Don't leave that part it's out. The they, they I mean, they, they, they have gone further, even though they've been injured, even though Kawhi Leonard got hurt. I mean, they did get to the Western Conference Championship. With Philadelphia, we're in the same space we were in four years ago, and we haven't been able to get past this specific thing for one reason and one reason only. Joel Embiid. The way he plays in the playoffs, his production decreases. Don't get me wrong. He's been banged up. He had a broken face against Toronto. I get that, right? He had a, I think he had a torn meniscus last year. I get that also. But with that being said, these are things that you're going to have to deal with with Joel Embiid. Now, does that make him not play as well? Of course it does because he's injured. That's why I can't get in on Philadelphia. I'm not, I'm not, I'm out on the Clippers also, but they've also gone a little bit further mm-hmm. than Philly. So I would have to, if I had to choose between the two, the Clippers are the best looking ugly chick. That's what they are. <laughs> Cause then if you restart this process, we're talking about another five, maybe seven, maybe not years. seven years. The whole you can get for a Joel and beat is a lot. That's it. You're, immediate, you're, immediately, immediately, changing, changing, going start you're immediately changing your I don't franchise. Think it takes seven years, seven years is a long to time to compete with. With the Celtics, who the Jays Celtics are going to be together have the same for, team for, for seven years, yeah, like I mean, they will have Jays. So no, seven years is a long time, of course. But for the Knock next four or five Jays, years, yeah. the Jays Drew are Holiday, going to be the foundation. Drew Holiday is up there. In the I'm age. not talking about Drew. The well, core yeah, the of core, a Jason yeah, Tatum sure, sure. and a, and a Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. That's going to be enough to keep the Boston Celtics near the top of the Eastern Conference. Sure. What can the Sixers do if they trade Joel Embiid? to stay in that conversation. But the thing is, they haven't just lost to the Jays. They've lost to a Heat team with Jimmy Butler and Bam. They've lost before that to a Toronto team with Kawhi. Like, it's not just the Jays that's in their way. 
they have lost to other players. Mm-hmm. Like they've lost to teams that they've been more talented than. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like I don't if the Jays are gonna be around for a long time for sure, but Drew Holiday's not, Porzingis might not be like, do we know Derek White's gonna be a Celtic for life? Like mm-hmm. those are like they the Sixers can build a roster that can contend with Philly. The problem is they had a roster like that last year and your two stars weren't consistently showing up. And that's the thing. If those two guys, which one is gone. So if Joel Embiid cannot consistently stay healthy for a playoff run, which he hasn't been ever, then how can you trust him to go into playoff series where, okay, we got him. I'm just throwing a name because that's what they've been talking about. We have Zach Levine, who is another one who hasn't shown you he can be healthy. And we have Tyrese Maxey, and this is the three guys we're going to go with. I don't think that's like, now you're tied up with Zach for money. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's the move. And Joe, you're you're talking about trust right now, and I don't think anybody trusts Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, the Clippers made the move for James Harden because the way I envision this team, it's, it's a team that's drowning. Their last hope, their last gasp for air is trying to trade for a James Harden and hoping they could win a championship because they invested so much into Kawhi and PG that they need to see a return on investment. With the Sixers, Joel Embiid is getting a contract, but they didn't trade picks for Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is a homegrown talent. Therefore, I don't think there's any downside to seeing this through. I don't think there's any downside to having Embiid play under... Nick Nurse for an entire season and see what the results can be. Oh, you can, I think you can trade I, about the end of the I year. think I think Joel Embiid he's going to be a staple of the Sixers, and I think the Sixers won this trade because you have forty million in expiring contracts. You have three first, five first round pick swaps, and eight second round picks to move. I don't think Zach Levine is the move because I think his injury concerns, his contract, and just the lack of playoff resume we've seen from him is just too much of a question mm-hmm. mark. But the Sixers have the ability to try and compete now with Embiid. And if it doesn't work, they can easily pivot out of this competitive stage and then rebuild, whether that's trading Joel Embiid or with the current assets they have on the on the roster. I think Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey is a good foundation. They've done that for five years. Can They've I done it for five years. But with Levine, last two seasons, he's been relatively healthy. Last season, almost played a full year. No, he has not been. He's been he's been playing. Through, playing through, he's been playing through injuries. He's still been playing well. 70, yeah, he has 70, his moments. 77 games sure. last year, and then the year before that, 67. I just don't think Zach Levine is the answer. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. he's think a missing Zach, piece I, for a lot I was going to say, it was, when did he become the answer, Joe? That's my question. When did Zach Levine become this, this guy that we're, we're saying, that's the difference between us winning the NBA championship and not? When no, did I, that happen? I don't want to have this conversation. No, it's definitely I like not. And I love Zach. He's not, he's not, he's more. I love, I I like him too, Drew, but I'm trying to, what I don't want to do is I don't want to overvalue the guy, right? I'm just saying he can get a bucket and that's what Philadelphia, let me not say that's what they need per se. But he dog, that's like the thing with, and I love Maxi. I love Maxi as a player, but we've seen him dog in the playoffs playing off of Harden and Embiid. Now it's a situation where like, all right, what are we, what are you going to look like playing off Embiid, which I think he'll be fine. But at the same time, you're going into these series where your number two is Maxi and other teams are Dame. Or Jalen Brown, like it's gonna, even Jimmy Butler and Bam. That's still somebody you got to respect because they have shown in the playoffs Definitely. they turn into different animals. No, they're bad right now. Yeah, so it's like it's it's I don't know. It's I tough. think this is Joel Embiid's last year in Philadelphia. If he doesn't make the conference finals, I think Daryl Morey will pivot and he will trade Joel Embiid. He should. He's the only player under contract for the Sixers next year. They still haven't extended Maxi. I think they should do that, but it's only Embiid right now under contract. I think the Sixers won this trade not only because of what they got and how easily they can pivot out of this stage that they're currently in, but 
James Harden's departure now removes a negative dark cloud from this team. Tyrese Maxey looks like a locked-in all-star through the five games that we've played. Kelly Oubre was a huge signing. He's averaging 20. And Tobias Harris, I know he gets shitted on for the contract that he's on, but Tobias Harris is one of the more consistent players in his league. He's not an all-star, but he's going to give you 18 every single night and play solid defense. And now he has a solidified role on this team being a third option. And I still think the Sixers have a ton of depth. And I like Nick Nurse as a coach. James Harden, he disappointed me. <laughs> you like what? You like I like Nick, Nick Nurse. Nurse as a coach. Obviously, obviously. I like Nick Nurse as a coach. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Now more than Doc. This I, I show, think this this show is really sick. is chaotic it, sometimes. To call this show pick a side, we have to, we have to rebrand. It's chaotic. We, no, need, we, need, we need to rebrand. We need, we need to rebrand. Flip a side. You know, um, James Harden disappointed me. Oh, he God. did. And the reason why James Harden disappointed me. This guy just had a full-on edit of him in a, in a Clippers uniform with a beard on. I hope James Harden wins the championship. I really do hope so. Because right now, James Harden is having one of the worst stretches to end a Hall of Fame career in NBA history. This is arguably worse than Allen Iverson's Allen ending. Iverson the, the, James Harden, at one time, we was thinking Russ's career was going to end in a bad way. It doesn't compare to what Harden's going through right now. Leaving three teams in the past four years, last season, he had a usage percentage of 25%. And I bring this up because he recently had a quote that, he felt like he was on a leash with the Philadelphia 76ers, a statement that Joel Embiid combated. He said, I felt like we let him do him. James Harden has a point to a degree. The 25% usage percentage was 10 to 15% lower than his prime years in Houston when he was averaging 35 to 40% usage percentage. But Harden with a better player. Yeah, he's better right now. But Harden did possess the second highest rate of possession of ball of ball handling only behind Luca. He had the ball the second most only behind Luca. And the question I have to ask Harden is when is he just going to start taking the blame? In Houston, it was Dwight Howard. It was Chris Paul. Then it was Russell Westbrook in the bubble with the Nets. It was the coaching. It was the management. It was the health issues. You get somewhat of a pass for that. With the Sixers. Is no, Doc he doesn't, Joe. Don't let him off the hook for that. Do not let him off the hook for that health, Joe. Okay. Don't do that. He came into camp out of shape, and he's done that. Kevin McHale warned us in 2015 he told us that. Five, seven years prior to that, oh, Kevin McHale told us that. He came into camp out of shape, and he was doing that every year after that, and he was playing himself into shape, which would explain why in the playoffs he broke down and why he would underperform. So don't let him off the hook with that, Joe. Don't. Thank you, OG. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> with the Nets, like you mentioned, you mentioned everything, OG. <clears throat> and with the Sixers, he wasn't a big fan of Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is out of there. They bring in Nick Nurse, a coach that has won a championship and should theoretically have give Harden a better chance to win one. But now it's not his fault. It's Joel Embiid's fault because Harden showed up for at least two games in the playoffs, but in game six and game seven, he completely disappeared. So I'm asking, when is he going to start taking the blame? If it doesn't work out with the Clippers, is he going to blame it on Kawhi? Is it going to be PG? Is it going to be Ross? Is it going to be Tyron Lue? It's going to be everybody else but James Harden. And to have the quote of, I'm not, I'm not a system player, I am a system, when you get traded to a new team where 
your usage is going to be behind Kawhi. It's going to be behind Paul George. You are the third option. You're going to have less of a role on the Clippers than he, you did on the Sixers. He's going to have usage-wise, wouldn't surprise me if he's high up on the team. That's what I'm saying. But he's he gonna should be the third initiate. option. He's yes. going to be the third scoring option. Um, he's going to know. handle play, the ball. They play their offense weird. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good know. point. I, am I good. hope. Sorry, I hope. Like I said, I hope this situation works out for Harden because if he wins, Paul George, him, and Russ all get their very first championship. No, thank you. But. Do I think it's going to work out? There's too much things working against him. Harden's playoff woes, his history in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook's lack of spacing. Paul George had that one great run, but before that, in the biggest games, he tends to not perform at the highest level. They are counting on, on Indiana. He was solid. They are counting on the Kawhi bubble. Leonard. But he said before that. He said bubbling before that. Paul George in Game Seven versus FD, the Heat. Well. broke. FD broke his leg. He wasn't very good in the playoffs. That's true. No, he wasn't. They are counting on Kawhi Leonard to be the saving grace of this team, and I'm just not sure Kawhi Leonard's knees can carry that type of responsibility anymore. So I just feel like this team is destined to implode, and and I think Harden, I don't know what's the next stop for him, and if he doesn't have a next stop, then we're talking about the Sixers winning this trade because the Sixers, they're not tied to anything. They can go in any single direction, and I think that type of flexibility gives them the edge in this type of trade. And not that it's going to be like the make or break piece for the championship, but getting James Harden, there is some redundancy there with Russell Westbrook. Like now, I mean, we saw in LA where he was kind of tasked to be more off ball and we saw how that show worked out. You know, he got shipped out of town. That's why I don't think they should start together. They they should probably stagger, but I mean, yeah, I guess if you're staggering James Harden and Russell Westbrook, but like you said, Russ has been so good to start off the year. Yeah, you're kind I, of I like, what, like. What do you want to do though, Rev? In terms of in terms well, of staggering, because I'm telling you right now, if you ask Russ to go back to the bench, you're going to lose him. I'm telling listen, you that right now. Listen, if 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 you a grown ass man and you want to win an NBA championship, I feel like you, you should want to do whatever you got to do. I, I don't think Russ Harden, Kawhi, and PG starting at the same time makes any type nah. of sense. But to be fair, they started Russ and Bones, and it's been fine. So. That's why because you put James Harden in Bones' spot, maybe, but Bones just brings a little bit more energy. So you don't like what type of like you mentioned, what type of energy is Harden gonna bring? Harden to the has team? A, more of an ego too. Yeah, than Bones, so, where but it's like, give think, me the ball. This is my I offense. I think Russ off the bench with team with not probably team man probably starts, but Russ off the bench with Bones with Powell sounds a lot better. Like it sounds with Plumley, it sounds great. Uh-huh. You know, you have you like realistically, you have to stagger two ball dominant guards. You just have to do that. Yeah. And then you got to still remember PG and Kawhi got to get their touches, you know. And it's weird because Harden is more of a pick and roll type of playmaker. Like he's not a, I'm, he talked about he the system. I, I don't see much plays where he just, you know what I'm saying? I see a lot of pick and roll work. And Zubak isn't this elite pick and roll uh, big man. But it's it's just, that's why it's, it's an interesting dynamic to see and interesting to see how Ty Lue figures it out. I think he's they gotta one do of the this best on coaches. the run too. Like, yep. he, you know, like there's no no training and camp. And then PJ Tucker, I forgot he out there running and fouling and shit. I don't know what he's <laughs> out there doing. He's out there against him. Yeah, he, he's also on the team, but he's easy to just plug in and go do something. The problem that I'm having though, Riz, is that Riv is that Riz. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Riz. The problem I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> the problem I'm having, Riv, is that when Darvin Ham talked Russ into going back to the bench. Sure. He was actually really good as a rotation player. One of the best ro- one of the best rotation players in the league. However, he was shooting at an historically low pace. And why was he doing that? That was largely due to the fact that he wasn't going to be out there long. So he was rushing his game. So now what we're going to do is we're going to put him in the lineup with the Clippers where he's starting and he doesn't have to rush his game and you could turn him loose. You could turn him loose and just let him be Russ. Now you're going to send him back to the bench 
where he's going to be on limited minutes again, and we're going to get right back to that same old Russ. Right. And I, I, I think you're going to lose him, Rev. I yeah, don't no. like it. I think you're going to lose him. I think he's the leader of the team right now. Like, I think he's the locker room presence. He's the leader. But I do think the difference between that Lakers team and this Clippers team is, yeah, I didn't have any spacing. Like, I didn't have spacing like the Clippers did. So turning him loose with no spacing is a little different than now you got shooters everywhere. Yo, Russ, go do you. But I agree. Like, like he's been playing. Like, you know, it's only been five games, but he's just been playing with so much energy and aggressiveness. And he's been great as a starter, you know. It's gonna be tough to just be like, hey, bro, you know, like or the bench, slide to the bench. Sorry, Harden's, Harden's here. here yeah. You know, yeah. So I like, I don't know what they're gonna do, but I'm excited to find out. And because Russ, because really quick, Rev, don't think that Russ not looking at James Harden like oh, I'm better than him. He still no, thinks that. He thinks he's better sure. than all of them. Yes, <laughs> he's better than everybody on the team. Well, he probably think he's the best point guard in the league. Russ, like he, his confidence is sky high. But as long as PG keep playing like this, I'm, that's all I'm here for, man. For the vibes, man. All for Paul George. That's my guy. Therefore, yeah, that's my dog, man. You know, and Julius. I mentioned that last podcast when like Russell Westbrook has done everything the Clippers have asked him to do. I think he's built a great relationship with Tyron Lue. He took a major pay cut to play with the Clippers he this did. season. Yes, he did. And I just feel like to get James Harden and now Russell Westbrook, you're the guy that takes the major back seat after all the sacrifices that he made, being the person that showed up the most in that first-round series versus the Suns, I think it is a bit of a slap in the face, but they're childhood friends, so that's where I'll, I'll give some leeway. Question, do you guys yeah. think, because in the offseason, when Russ came back, Russell Westbrook was also one of the people, along with PG and Kawhi, that wanted Harden to come to the team, that have, that were talking about mm. him. Yeah, so they've been talking about this for a while. So my you think they prepared become, already for this? Mike, I mean, I'm looking at the lineup as is. Is it crazy to say that we can see Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and a Zubak lineup. We'll probably see it. That's yeah. that should be the starting lineup, in my opinion. I get Terrence Mann. You know, there's a strong infatuation. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen Russ can, and Bone start. So can, like exactly this this lineup is going to be changing a lot. I can only assume. But Bones definitely gets moved to the bench. You mentioned Bones; he's been playing solid. I do wonder now with Harden if we see we see his usage definitely decrease or just the amount of playtime. I think he's, he runs the second unit now. With Powell, Bones, Powell, Man, Plumley, whoever the fifth. That's why oh, this PJ. team is very, facts, facts. So, it's either Russ or Harden running that second. So, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think that we need to even have this conversation of Russ coming off the bench with the idea that Harden can play the the, the quote unquote two, but we know he's probably going to have primary uh, primary ball point guard exactly ball handling assignments. You still have Kawhi Paul George out there, and if you're going to play a big team, you have Zubac out there. But we saw them versus the Lakers. They went to that small ball lineup. They didn't have Zubak out there. That's when they got killed. Yeah. That's when they got fried. But we've so, we they have been just the epitome of we have so much death. We're just going to be ever changing this lineup. I would not be surprised to see all four of those guys starting. I think all great players always want to play with great players. LeBron James and Anthony Davis con- convinced themselves that Russell Westbrook was the missing piece Definitely. of their team. And then you, you kind of see they kind of regretted it, you know, because it wasn't it wasn't that good of a fit. Yeah. Now with the Clippers, would have been a good fit if we had shooters around Russell Westbrook. I think the money was the issue. He was, it was due. He was getting max contract. Yeah. All of the Clippers' best players are players that need the ball in their hands to succeed. Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. That's what their game is predicated on. Them having the ball in their hands. So the real the question mark is how when you have to share it between four people. There's definitely going to be some it's gonna be PG. moments where he's they're the only one that can play off ball. It'll mm-hmm. be PG. He's the only one that has the ability to play off ball. I don't want ball. his touches to go down. He's been killing so far I, I, this listen, year. Listen, I don't want his touches. Leonard, to go down. neither. 
Leonard but, neither. Kawhi ain't sacrificed for nobody. Nah, Kawhi, they're going to get Kawhi the ball. It's going to have I need, to be the I guy need Harden and Russ to be like, we're going to take the back seat. We know this is your team. You guys go and kill because they're Why the not that type of off-ball player. Not as much as PG. PG I'm not, let's, not compare, let's not compare him to PG. I just don't think uh, that. Not really. really. Not really. Well, I think, I think there's a difference between being able to play off-ball and sticking to what you're best at. So Kawhi and Paul Definitely. George, their games are best when they have the ball. Same thing with Harden and Russ. So them now taking the back seat and being off ball, it's going to take away from all of their games. It's not just one guy, but there's definitely going to be two players on the team that are going to take the biggest hit. I think Russ is a no brainer. His usage will take the biggest hit. Shooting that shit too, man. But he's going to be on the second unit. He's still going to get hit. He get in. (laughs) I fucking Joe. Joe, that's why I like Russ as the primary ball handler before James Harden got on the crew. That's why I like Russ as the primary ball handler because when you get into the meat and potatoes of the game, now Leonard can take over. Now Paul George can take over where you don't have Russ to have those responsibilities. He just had those responsibilities just to preserve those guys up until that point. Now you want to bring in another ball handler. So you got four primary ball handlers. Four primary ball handlers, and now you're asking all, all four of these guys, you're asking James Harden, who thinks he is the system, to now slow himself down and come and, and come into a system where leave a system where he was already hampered, now come into another system and be even more hampered because he's playing with even better players. Taking a break in the action, we're gonna give you some mojo fantasy props for this Sunday. The game we like the most, Chiefs versus Dolphins Germany game, Mojo Fantasy Props. What do you guys got? For me, it's going to be over Patrick Mahomes' yards. He did not have his best game by any means against my Denver Broncos. It was amazing. But going up against this Miami secondary, they have been very vulnerable. I know Jalen Ramsey's there, but you got to respect Patrick Mahomes. I love the over 283.5 passing yards. Next over is going to be Mr. Tyreek Hill, over 7.5 receptions. Going up against the Kansas City Chiefs this week's personal for him. He's going to go ahead and get his, no doubt about it. Mahomes is having a bounce-back game, over 283.5 passing yards, over 2.5 passing touchdowns. After what we just saw, it ain't going to happen again. Mahomes is bouncing back. With Jalen Ramsey shadowing Travis Kelsey, I'm going to put my money on Rasheed Rice. And and not not just because y'all know I'm an over-king. Not just over on his receptions, which is 4.5. I'm going over on the yards, too, which is 45.5 receiving yards. I think he's going to have a big day. He's been steadily improving week by week. And usually when I bet on Rasheed Rice, I come out on top. So I'm going over on everything. The next game we're going to give our props for, Bengals versus Bills, primetime Sunday night football. Mojo Fantasy, what do you got, Riff? For me, I started off with Khalil Shakir, over 31.5 receiving yards. I feel like there was a stat that came out that when – Josh Allen is targeting him all year. He's been one of his most efficient. That's where he's been at his best. I think Shakir will get more in tune with the passing game now that Knox is out. They'll play a little bit more with him. And I think Josh Allen can definitely get it going with Shakir out there. My next one is going to be T. Higgins over 4.5 receptions. I think he is back. I think with Joe Burrow being back, look for T. Higgins to have a big day, especially with a secondary that we don't know if Douglas is playing. And even if Douglas is playing, You'll see him if they do man up, match up more with Jamar Chase, leaving Tehran or Dane or Alam. Well, he might not probably even play on T. Higgins, and they're just too small. So give me the uh, over on the receptions. For me, it's going to be two receivers. Well, one receiver, one tight end. That's just kind of how the NFL is nowadays. But I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid on his over of receptions, three and a half receptions. We've seen him be involved in this offense now, more so that Dawson Knox is unfortunately injured. I believe Dawson Knox can go ahead and have himself a big game. The next one I'm going to go with is Jamar Chase. 
and his over that I cannot find, his over of seven and a half receptions. This Bills secondary has not been the same, unfortunately, since Trey White has been out. Jamar Chase has been a menace all season long. Joe Burrow seems to be back in form, and I think Jamar Chase is going to be the recipient of that. I'm going with three. Joe Burrow is back, and I'm going to over one and a half passing touchdowns. I think Joe Burrow goes over that. Dalton Kincaid, great minds think alike, over on those receptions, three and a half. And I think this is going to be a big-time day in showing from Jamar Chase. I'm going over 85 and a half receiving yards. Hook up. You can go and download Mojo Fantasy. The link is in our bio. And use code PAS for a 100% deposit match up to $100. I think that this is a recipe for disaster, to be honest with you. I'm excited to see, man. Championship teams are usually the ones with the best systems. They have best chemistry. And a recent champion made a move in the offseason to trade that system in the league, man. Somebody that you can argue now was kind of holding the chemistry back. That's the Warriors with Jordan Poole. The Warriors right now, they're three and oh in road games. Last year they started mm. off 0 and 8 in road games. Terrible. So I gotta ask you, Riv, you're the Warriors guy here. Do you think the improved chemistry, the record on the road? Is it kind of signaling that Jordan Poole was kind of the problem with this team last year? No, because when he was on, we won a chip and he was on the team and he was part of the great chemistry. He was part of the vibes and the entertainment. So he got punched in the face. Yeah, that, which was the next season. Austin Reeves has been playing like shit. You should figure that yeah, out. He hasn't. Last um, game we watched, yeah, actually, he was games, great. What about the games four? He was one of the main reasons we won. Um, against what about the, the games four? He was not good and he okay. still won basketball um, games. Riv, are you really dismissing that incident? Like that, well, that didn't that didn't have a lot to do with what was going on with y'all last year. Are you really dismissing that? You cut me off. He just had to it. mention the. Okay, the, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, my fault. My fault. So, first year, obviously, you know they get the chip. The vibes were there. You had the combination of veterans, young players. Then obviously the egos got boosted after the NBA championship. And when you're a young player. Your ego is going to get boosted automatically. Pool was the wrong guy's Want ego to get boosted too? for sure. And he got paid. He yep. got his money. Yep. Then obviously the incident that summer with him and Draymond tilted the team. You know, it, it tilted the team sideways. Draymond talked about it. It, it. it wasn't fun. And when the Warriors don't play fun basketball, they don't play their type of basketball, their brand of basketball. And that, that right. situation last year, you can definitely put on Pool and Draymond 100%. They were probably the main reasons. But also the team kind of went into that whole, we're going to go, Starters old, the young players were going to develop too. And that was also one of the reasons why this team wasn't good. And now shifting on to a, no, we're going to go back to our brand of basketball. We have the perfect vets. We have the perfect young players and we have the starters. That's how we're going to maneuver. This is the way we play winning basketball. And they've been like that. And Poole was not going to be a part of that. And it's okay to admit that. You got a chip with him. You made a mistake with him. You send them off. You bring in Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been amazing for this team as a playmaker. He's been pretty much Writing the ship, Kaminga and Moody have been amazing off the bench. GP has been amazing off the bench. Sarek has been great off the bench. Sometimes he'd be losing me, but he's here for sure. And then the starters, even the starters, to me, still hasn't played Golden State starting five basketball. Like, Wiggins still hasn't gotten going. Steph's been there. Clay got to figure it out. Dre just got back, so you give him that time to get uh, rusty up. Kevon Looney hasn't really gotten to his form. So once that starting five gets into their form, and then the bench continues to play like this. This is going to be a fun, exciting team. But I think last year, you can put it on pool for sure. Coming in, ego was boosted. You didn't hear none of that from Moses Moody. You heard a little bit of that from Jonathan Kaminga towards the end of the season, but his situation was a little different than pool. Yeah, he wanted to play. Kerr was allowing him to play. He was playing good. Then he got benched because he made one mistake. So that situation was dicey. But last year, 100%, you can put it on pool. 
What do you I don't think? want Chris. I want Chris Paul to get off the long ball line. One for nineteen in the last five games. Yeah, nah. He'll he make his three. But I respect. They, they got hype when he made that three too. I, boy, I, I, I get him off the long ball line. Him up though. No, he's we, open we know, shooter. We know Chris Paul's. He's, for the majority of his career, he's been a, a solid three mm-hmm. point shooter. For him to be this cold has been surprising. Uh, Dre versus uh, the Kings the other night. The fact that he started off the game with two I knew threes, we were going to win immediately the, when he hit two threes. When Draymond hits threes, there is no more momentum shifter than that. I think we're like 250 and two. I believe <laughs> it. I believe it. Just the energy that the building just gets hit with when he knocks down those three balls. But looking at the Golden State Warriors right now, what's impressed me the most and what's never really changed with Golden State is the ball movement. Now with Jordan Poole, he's, been, he's more, mostly the kind of guy that gets his in an isolation situation, really. But now... Who are the isolation scorers with the Golden State Warriors, right? I guess we could say uh, a Steph Curry, but really we know how he is just a constant uh, marathon on a, on, a, on a basketball court. He's moving around constantly. What has been very great to see is how great of a connecting offense this is. The ball is constantly moving, trying to get the ball into the open guy's hands. We're looking at this defense, which was a concern of ours coming in. Right now, with defensive rating, they're a top five team in the association. And of course, that does exactly that goes hand in hand with how much Draymond Green impacts the game. They've been limiting turnovers. That's also been a key point of theirs where last season they turned over the ball a ton. We're seeing now this season they're they're being a little bit more careful with the ball in their hands. I think Chris Paul will find his, but of course, what he provides to you as a playmaker himself and as a connector has been great. Moody in, in his role has been awesome. We haven't seen Wiggins get into form yet. He's been kind of the missing piece. Saw him kind of spark a little bit versus the Kings. That was definitely his bigger game of the season. But it's always going to come down to, with the Golden State Warriors, the health of Steph Curry, the health of Klay Thompson, and the health of Draymond Green. So long as these three guys are on the court, we know that this is a playoff team and one of the better teams in the game. And right now, like Riff said, the perfect word for Golden State Warriors is fun. They're having fun right now. Absolutely. Love to see it. Last year in the playoffs, per, per per 100 possessions, you were outscored by 14 points when Curry sat. This year, you're outscoring teams by over 26 oh, when God. Curry sits. Love now, that, th- those numbers probably won't stay the They'll entire season. They're sure. going to drop. Curry's just too good to, you know, have those type of numbers. But it just shows how much, you know, Chris Paul's improved this team. And I, that's what I want to focus on more than Jordan Poole because, listen, Jordan Poole got you that chip, right? If you're a Warriors fan, Riv, you you know, you're a Wizards fan now because of Jordan Poole, what he did in that, in that run. Good, but we um, win. Yeah, because last year they're playing so the most meaningless basketball. Meaning, ugly, right? very the ugly worst team in the league, Riz. Yeah, yeah. they're the worst. They're, they're going to be the worst team in, 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 in the league. One hundred percent. One hundred is is mental illness. That's that Ruby Rose. That's one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You don't have nothing to win. You just have some highlights. Yeah, but now nah, I like you're the cool with that. Good. Huh? You're cool with that. I have multiple teams to focus on. Yeah, the Wizards. You need, you need help. help. Are the Wizards still help. on your list? Yeah, I watch them here okay. and there. Oh, I'm, 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 I, I forgot, Joe. My, my fault, Joe. I forgot Riv is a front runner. I keep forgetting that, and, and <laughs> I get reminded every time I come back that he's I'm a front. Watching Wizards games around the I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm straight. My fault. That, that's I forgot. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's big that you know Chris Paul really throughout the years of Steph Curry, it's been when he sits, who's going to be able to step up and run this offense, and that's what Chris Paul has been able to do, right? I think we've all had jokes, me included, just. Kind of how old this this Warriors no, he team still is. Old as shit. No, he does. He does. <laughs> if you tried to back, score, it's dumb but when you funny. go back, you said it too. Because <laughs> when you go back to this Warriors dynasty, it's been bets. Like it's been old guys. I know you want Kaminga to break out. You want Moody to break out, and you'll probably need at least one of them if you really want to go on a championship run. But it's always been vets that's been behind this dynasty. It's been, you know, obviously Chris Paul is 38, 39, but whether it was David West or Sean Livingston, like they had 
key Andre contributors Iguodala. to Iguodala, of course, you know, finals, uh, finals MVP. Bogey. Can't forget that. Um, Amen. But man. it was always these veterans that stepped up. So when Chris Paul got there, it was he definitely left a bit of a sour taste in your mouth from, from last season. So when he gets there and it's like, how is this going to look with Steph Curry? You know, he's on a new team now. Um, and there, there was definitely some question marks around it. But what he's able to do when Curry is off the court, and there's some minutes where he staggers with Curry, but most importantly, when Curry is off the court, this team can play. It can play basketball. It can yeah. play offense, and doesn't look like just a clusterfuck. My out there. only issue was Kerr trying to start him. <laughs> that yeah. was my only well, that problem. Was, that this was summer. where Dray- Draymond was yeah, out. So yeah, it's like, let's he, start but Kirk, even uh, the second, like, Paul. it was like, yo, bro, like, he was thinking about it before even Dre was out. He was like, before Dre got hurt, he was thinking about it like it's yo, Chris Paul, bro. You got, it's, that's why like, you bro, think about you, it. You can't think like you got to know. It just doesn't work. It's not going to work. They're too small. Uh-huh. And we even seen that against the Suns. We tried, and we were too small. Mm-hmm. Okogi was on the boards. Um, Watanabe was on the board. Easy. Like, we're just too – like, when you have Steph and Chris, they're not going to rebound. I'm never going to ask them to rebound. They're too small. You can't have them out there like that. You know, I think we can give Chris Paul the credit he deserves because he deserves an immense amount of credit. But I do think it's not a coincidence that Jordan Poole leaves this team. And the, the chemistry – is now skyrocketing. Draymond likes coming into work. And Jordan pulls now with the Wizards, and he's averaging, what, 17 points, shooting 24% from three, 36% from the field, whatever it is. Listen, Jordan doesn't play winning basketball. Watching the way Jordan Poole plays, you're exactly right. (laughs) He doesn't play winning basketball anymore. Yeah. That championship run was one season. Don't make me laugh. (laughs) That championship run was one year, but – Draymond Green, his comments in post game when he said that last year was horseshit, it was hard to come to work. Listen, it's true because if you have a problem with somebody on a team and you have to see them every that single day, tough. that's going to take away from how the team plays. I do think two things attribute to the Warriors' hot start this season the most Jordan Poole being off the team because now Draymond gets to be himself because he's not constantly having some negative energy towards a teammate. And adding Chris Paul as a leader to this team. Chris Paul is one of the best leaders in NBA history. And I'm looking at the Warriors' best two lineups, 20 possessions minimum. 65 possessions, the, the Warriors' best lineup is plus 9.1 with Curry, CP3, Clay, Wiggins, and Kavon Looney. With 20 possessions, this lineup is plus 85. It's Chris Paul, Gary Payne II, Clay Thompson, Kaminga, and Dario Saric. That's a defense lineup. I know you're not a big fan of Chris Paul starting, but the truth of the matter is, is that I think he's going to close games for the no, Warriors. Yeah, and fine. whether it's starting or closing games, I, I think Chris Paul, even though he's six foot, he rebounds the ball. He's averaging close to five rebounds per game right now. He's somebody that's always going to hustle for boards. He doesn't have the size, but I think if you have Wiggins and Draymond out there, it should negate the problem to the point where mm-hmm. you're not getting thrashed on the glass as much. But the Warriors, it's adding Chris Paul, his leadership, what he brings to a team, and then it's the loss of Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole, quite clearly, yeah. from the war, the Wizards stint we're seeing right now, he just does not play winning basketball. He's a selfish basketball player. I don't, I don't mind the lineup in spurts. Like uh, some teams, you can do it, but those, those Chris Paul five rebounds is very skewed. He, it's not, <clears> it's not down there in the grunt work. It's not like it's, I mean that's Chris. That's, that's Chris Paul's just going like, to read the even, bounce. Even Wiggins, he's not rebounding the ball well right he now. Hasn't. So it's like until mm-hmm. he like. Uh, you made a great point. If Wiggs is rebounding the ball, for sure. But until he can do that or he's back to that ability, you want that lineup in Spurs, especially if you're playing like, like say, for example, we're playing like a team like Denver. You don't want that small-ass lineup out there. Like It's it's all matchup dependent. We haven't played no 
humongous like the kings they kind of play our style they play they, they don't play too big y'all do not match up well with the, with any team that has a big that's one of the main reasons why y'all don't play as fast then that's then that's they don't match the, up well with us either you're saying denver denver doesn't match up well with us mm, in what denver way does, denver doesn't match up with well with you guys sure they do they have great switchability not yes, when they, they get over out there but joking what you have kavan looney out there correct yeah. Okay. So there you go. That's why I said they don't. We don't match up with them. But what are you gonna do? But, but even if you, even if you go small though, Rev. Even if you go small, Rev, and you got Joker on the floor. Even if you go small and you got Joker on the floor, I mean, Joker doesn't have to. I mean, who is he gonna be covering? Draymond. Yeah. If he's gonna, yes. if, if he's gonna cover Draymond, does that mean he's got to cover him at the long ball line? Because Draymond's gonna have to score. He's gonna not drop. only. And he's he's gonna stay in drop coverage, and oh, he's gonna actually he's gonna contest shots. Whatever Draymond shoots, and he's gonna contest shots. Denver? No, fuck! I never said we would. Uh huh. But no. that's what I'm saying. They have the better sure. offensive I just firepower. Think like, no, for sure they're a better they're a better team than us. Yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying we the way they will have to play us is either Joker's gonna have to drop mm -hmm. or switch or hedge, which is leaving Draymond open. He's one of the smartest pick and roll passers in the league. And then if you drop. You're leaving Steph or Clay open for jumpers. Mm -hmm. And if you switch, Steph is going to destroy the Joker. So mm -hmm. it's like, but they're better. Well, hedging, so. hedging probably sounds like the right idea. You allow that means anyone Dre is to open. beat you. That's okay. okay yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's the lesser sure, of yeah, yeah, three yeah, evils. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, they don't match up, but they're better than us. So they'll beat mm -hmm. us. The Curry and Dre pick and roll is one of the best pick and rolls in the league. No doubt about it. But I'm saying, do you take your chance with Steph Curry? Best shooter of all time, one of the most efficient players that we're ever going to see. Or you take the chance with Dre getting the ball and him making shit pop. I would most definitely rather the ball in Dre's hands, sure. even though as great as he is and sure. is all right, he's still going to make something good happen. Probably, but again, Aaron Gordon, we've seen how great of a defensive player that he's been. KCP, we Aaron just Gordon had won't guard stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm oh, saying yeah. these extra defenders. You're saying sure. that are going to be making these skip passes. They're still smart enough defenders on this team to 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 still play great defense against a Golden State Warriors team. OG, what do you think about the Warriors' improved chemistry? I there can there isn't a price tag that you can put on peace of mind, man. And coming to work, not having to worry about certain things, and and, and the, the exuberance of guys, and just being happy to be there, that just exudes through everybody. And when you see that, you just see a different dynamic from the crew. You see guys cutting harder. You see guys playing harder. You see guys moving the basketball a little bit more. All of these things matter when the chemistry is there, when guys want to be around other guys, as opposed to coming into work with that kind of dynamic. When you have two guys, there's a difference, Rev, between having an issue with a guy and then actually having a problem with the guy. Now, we've had a, you've, you've had fist fights or or, 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 or or scuffles and things like that. For that to get out like it did, that threw a monkey wrench in everything that they were doing because it's very difficult to come to work now every day knowing that that's out there and I got to see you. And everybody who's already seen that, they know how I feel about it, right? And from family that, yo, what are you going to do about this? What are the Warriors going to do about this? What it also did was it sped up the Warriors paying him because if that doesn't happen, they could still you know, draw out this whole contract issue. But the fact that they don't have him on the crew now, and again, what I don't want to do is I don't want to say that Jordan Poole was the problem. I think that dynamic was the problem. Right. Now that that dynamic is gone, I think that they can play a little bit freer. I think they can play faster. I'd like to see Chris Paul speed the game up a little bit more. I know he's older, right? I know he's older and he can't get up and down the floor like he used to, but the Warriors are one of the best transition teams that I've ever seen. And if they can speed the game up a little bit more, I think they'd be more productive. I think they're playing at the bottom 10 in the league in terms of pace, 
when Chris Paul is on the floor, the game isn't sped up. So when you got guys like Kaminga, you got guys like Wiggins, you got guys like Steph Curry, you got guys like Klay Thompson who get up and down the floor in transition and stop and pop. When you play free like that, that makes them an even more dangerous team. And I'd like to see them pick the pace up. Chris Paul can bring that dynamic where he can slow the game down and pick the pace up. So I like what I'm seeing from this Warriors team. I think matchups are everything with them right now because I don't think that they're better than the Lakers. I don't think that they're better than Denver. If they can avoid certain teams and have this team deal with that team and have that team deal with this team and they end up being the last team standing because they avoided some teams, that could happen. I agree with that. But I, old shit, OG. I, I also – You guys match up well with the Clippers? Yes, but we're not better. I agree. But we match up well. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold on, Rib. What's no. the road traveled that can get the Warriors to that matchup that you want, OG? Because I'm I, curious. There, there's, a, there's a difference, Rib, between you're not being better from a talent standpoint yeah, and from a saying. unit. Now, from a talent standpoint, you might not be better. But from a unit, but from a unit standpoint, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and say like it's 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 November. I don't want right. to sit here and think this can just like this magically we changed our whole dynamic. Our I'm whole team. I want to see this be more consistent down yeah. the line, consistent down the road before I can say we fixed the road like the woes completely. You know, like we look good right now, but are we gonna look the same in April? Are we gonna look the same in February when the old guys are starting to tighten up? You know, stuff like that. But I think right. like continuity, of course, right. our uh, offensive system coach like i think we're better in that but talent like i'm just speaking talent for talent right. right now no we don't have the best talent in the west the clippers uh the lakers denver phoenix they have more talent than us but you mentioned it like continuity and stuff like that of course i think we're better than a lot of teams but right now i'm not gonna say we're outright better in these teams until i see because last year was so bad from a just not warriors team like a not a usual warriors team standpoint that i want to wait and see a little bit more before i can fully think we could beat certain teams so the heat go to the finals based off continuity and coaching we can do that and hot i just want to wait but i want to wait not, not match up against the Suns yeah. we do match up yeah. more talent they do i think we match up very well against the Suns. i, I the think the teams have had more talent than you guys but again you've you've had the, the great we've had, had the we, best we, play. We have i'm, I'm only strictly asking matchup wise forget about talent forget about so yeah we match up we don't match up with denver I think we I agree. We, we match up with the Lakers. I disagree for the sole fact of Anthony AD, Davis. Yeah. But I think we have Draymond for that. No. So, mm -mm. Not, that's not that, that matchup I don't like, Riff. That matchup. I like the Clippers matchup better than the Lakers. You beat us because AD dominated offensively. Y'all beat us because AD was, AD was great. But we also missed a lot of shots. A lot of open so. looks. Well, we, Reeves so, was guarding the perimeter relatively well, not on Curry. No, for I, sure. I know, but I'm saying we missed a lot of open looks. But I you know why you missed those 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 open looks, Riv? Do, do you oh. understand why? And the reason why you missed those open looks because is because we seven game series against one of the fastest. No, teams. that has nothing to do with it because oh. I've seen teams come off of, of seven game series and, and do the same thing. Well, when you have guys like when you have guys like all I know when you have guys like this later, but you still almost won that game. Yeah, I know. And then you guys smoked this game too. Sure. So then, what's that? What's that excuse? It's not. It's not one. It's not one, Drew. It's not. The difference. The difference, though, Riv, is is when guys like Austin Reeves, guys like D'Angelo Russell, James, Anthony Davis, who are, who, are, who are guarding on the perimeter. When you guarding on the perimeter and these guys are getting these open shots, that rim doesn't look as big in the third and in the fourth quarter when the ball isn't going in in the first and in the second quarter. Yeah. So I thought that the Lakers did a good job in pushing you guys further away from the basket early. So when you get late in the game, those open looks aren't as open as you oh, think yeah. they are, even if I you know, are I open. I also think we, like, 
defensively, we weren't good that series, and we didn't have enough players, enough good players to play. Like yeah, we, it's fried, you guys. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't, we didn't have enough good players to truly play. I, I, I do think we match up with the Lakers still. <laughs> like whether, whether <laughs> I honestly think that the only team that I'm 100 confident that can beat the Warriors in a series right now is the Nuggets. I agree. I think we can't count out the Warriors and what they have been. And now Lakers, that and that's now, not a matchup that they want to see. Not hundred percent. I think I think if they face the Lakers, it's going to go to the wire. I'm not just going to stand the Lakers. It wasn't the wire, but it was a yeah. it was a somewhat 20, of a 20, close series. Close out in twenty twenty burger. You guys went back and forth blowing each other out. Let's be honest. They handled. They, they, they handled it. I think the Lakers handled the Warriors. Again. The Warriors threw them out a couple times, though. Yo, what? Like, what, first of all, didn't we go through this? There was like two blowouts on each side. It, it, it boggles my mind how these two can say this after seeing Steph and Clay historically miss the most wide open jumpers they've ever missed in and their Austin lives. And Austin reason for that, though, so Riv. We didn't even on record talking about how you're just not the biggest fan of him, especially come playoff time. We, but bro, last couple bro, of years. We, we didn't have a bench that series. Uh -huh. We didn't have we didn't have six players. Uh -huh. Jordan Poole was terrorist, too. Yes. The, and Clay damn near was on that, that list, too. We didn't too. have six players. I think we're a better. But once again, I'm going to temper my expectations. Drew was was Kaminga not on the unit last year? He made it he play. Not play. Not he was, was Gary Payton not on the unit last year? Oh, remember Gary Payton was hurt, and then he came back faster than what he's expected to. No, but he still played in the. Um, yeah, but I'm saying he was still he hurt. He was still dealing and with. He an played injury. well against us, honestly. He played all right. Well, the, for we what you're Jermichael, asking, we started Jermichael Green for a playoff series. Well, that's for because Anthony Davis had your guy, had Steve Kerr's mind in hell. Yeah, we yes, didn't have to because Draymond Green trying to cover him on the block. Because you couldn't that's not gonna work. AD, that's my whole point. It's not. It's and a, he's better this year. Offensively, offensively, defensively, he great. Some games but offensively, defensively was, you had no you had no answer for him. No, for sure. But then what about the times blew you guys out? But when you because you guys were actually hitting shots at at the insane. So the game the game no, that's not an that's a Warriors well, clip. Steph, no, Clay that's Thompson, a Warriors Clay Thompson clip. hit eight threes against us in game two. That's a is that not eight threes is kind of insane, to be fair. He was, he was open. Rev, you really sitting here like eight threes is on a Tuesday. That's not normal. We act like, we act like, we act like, still, that's like, like, that's not like a struggle. Like, oh, that's eight yeah. for Craig. Oh yeah. okay. Exactly. Exactly. We're respecting Bro, the greatest you've been, you've shooter of all time. Play year after year. <laughs> now, suddenly, <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, that was game two. Because game six, didn't Clay have a great game six? Game five. Pardon. I don't. I was gonna say yeah, game six. Game, I don't think he was that. Great. Game five. You, you got. We, game six, we, you guys got blown yeah. out. Game six. Yeah. I mean, game six was a twenty. If you, if you think we don't match up with you guys, I don't. Care. I don't because Anthony Davis. So question. You answered this question already, but in the off season, I posed this question to you guys, and the question was, do you see a scenario where the Warriors can make it out of the West? OG answered that question by saying that. They got to get certain matchups. I want you Do you to believe it's a similar answer as OG? See, but that's the one. That's why I asked OG. I want to know what's the path. What do you think, though? What do you it's think? It's tough. I it, think that I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, OG. Go ahead. Give me I more think time. That, I, I think the Lakers are a bad matchup for the for the, for the the Golden State Warriors. I think the Denver Nuggets are a bad matchup for the Golden State Warriors. The same issue that I have with the Clippers is the same issue that I have with Golden State. The same way... Kawhi Leonard could break down the same way that James Harden can can implode. Chris Paul can break down, and he's an integral part of what you guys are doing. It's can't. It's not like you could just oh, take him sure. off the unit. It's not like you could just take him off the unit, and you guys are going to continue to roll. So, with the exception of when you're dealing with Denver, when you're dealing with Lakers, big teams like that. When you're dealing with teams like that, I think that the matchups like that are going to be a problem for you guys. Teams like Phoenix, 
I don't. I, I think that you can play with them in terms of pace. I agree with that. Because what they'll do is they'll try to speed the game up. You can slow the game down, then speed the game up with them. And I don't think that it's a problem in terms of firepower because I think you have something similar. So I don't hate that matchup with Phoenix. I don't like the matchup with Denver and the Lakers. If Chris Paul is able to play, like the first two games when he was starting, he was playing starter minutes like 33, 34. Mm. But if he's able to stick as a six man and play more, maybe 20 to 25 minutes, save his body. For it gives the playoffs, us a different look. Like we only had last year's players. We only had one look every, so every time coming there's out. There's still no scenario that the Warriors can they the come out the West. I don't know. That's difficult. I can see a path where they get to the Western Conference Finals. You're talking about, hey, let's see. Uh, Denver and Los Angeles play in the second round of the playoffs. They they have to play against a Suns or a Clippers team. I respect that system enough, and especially with the fact that the Suns really don't have or the Clippers have that strong, dominant presence on the offensive side of the game. I, I think that that's the path that they can get to the WCF, but to the finals, I, I really struggle with that. So if they face the Lakers and Nuggets, they're not making it. To me, no. I'm with you. the The Nuggets and Lakers still feel like they're they're better run teams. Um, but the Warriors, like we've been saying, that you have to give them respect. And Steph Curry at in any series can be the best player. And if you have the best no player, doubt. you're gonna have a shot. No doubt. The Warriors are trying to get back to the finals. Last time they was there, they faced the Boston Celtics. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're wait. not going to move on no, without getting because, your answer. Because, no, no, we're not. Because I remember when we were sitting here, you thought I was going <laughs> to let that shit slide. That's what, what I'm talking about. That's what I kept smooth. saying. <laughs> what, what do you think? Because you sat here, you looked me in my face, and you said, they don't have a shot to be Phoenix. That's what you said. You looked me in my face. They you the water. Did. Like, and you and you you doubled down. You said I'll put whatever that they don't be Phoenix. Put a ban on yeah. It. So I I'm asking you now five games because you you've been overreacting about the Grizzlies. Ooh. You've been running your mouth about Dallas. So I ask you right Ooh. now because your, your Suns team first of all they can't stay healthy. You realize there's That's, not a topic about the Suns in here. Did you realize fun. that? Isn't that interesting? But, but your Suns team hasn't stayed healthy. Booker came back and they was getting their ass whipped by 20. They did come back modestly. Well, Victor destroyed them. Yeah. So I asked you, is there a chance? For, like, what's the teams you thinking of? Because you were very adamant that day. So I want to know, is that energy still the same? He's been very loud on the Mavericks. Very quiet on the Phoenix Suns. You know, Luka Magic, Luka Magic, Luka Magic. The Suns' issues right now, I think, is a couple of things. One is that Bradley Beal is not playing. Number two is that I think Kevin Durant's being way too passive. I don't think KD's playing like KD. You look at his points per game, he's still top 10 in points per game. I'm watching the games. I'm not seeing KD assert himself. I'm seeing Devin Booker assert himself and, and leading away for this Suns team. The fact, that, the fact that the Suns lost a nationally televised game to the Spurs when they were up that much, that's a moment where I'm looking at KD. That's not supposed to happen especially the way the game ended. I don't care if he was fouled. He let that game end in that way. You did not box out Wemby. Wemby got the put-back dunk, and Katie's looking around trying to blame other people. The biggest issue with the Suns is going to be getting a point guard that can actually run the offense. I've been a major advocate of this team going out and getting a player like TJ McConnell, somebody that could just do the dirty work, play defense, play oh, make, and hit shots. Jordan Goodwin's played well for them. Hey, he hey, hasn't hey. played. Where you want to talk about Goodwin, let's talk about Kade Bates D up against the Spurs. Kade Bates D up finally he played, balled. and he played well. He balled five games in. You the Wadanabe missed some do crucial that. threes. Give credit where credit's due. He did a wide open, wide open, Joe. Wide open. You the Wadanabe missed some crucial threes, but I think the Suns right now is Katie just got to play better. I know we're looking at the role players. I think the role players are playing for the most part fine. Mm -hmm. it, it's really Katie playing at that level that he needs to play at to will this team to victory because he's that type of player. If they match up versus the Warriors and the Suns are fully healthy, they got D Book, Katie, and Bradley Bill. They should beat them. So you still standing okay. on that? Yes, they should beat them. Okay. If, if they're fully healthy, I, I, they should beat them. I love them. to hear. I just want to make sure. Well, you... But what's your answer about the Warriors? Can they make it out the West? 
I think you know what OG said was facts. It, it is very match dependent. I am I am buying that's why. that's why it's hard. The Lakers, the Nuggets, the Suns, if they can't beat these three teams or you favor those other three teams, the answer is no. Correct? I am yes, I am buying Clippers into team. the Warriors team though this year because I think the bench is much improved. But OG brought up a good point about Chris Paul's health. Yeah. He does always break down in the playoffs. Uh-huh. So if you don't have him in one of those series, that might cost you and the cold shooting with Clay because Clay Thompson in the playoffs these last couple of years is very up and down. So that could cost them. I think there are definitely teams that are yeah. better than them in the West. I think like and they don't want to see the Timberwolves either. I was just getting ready to say it, Joe. I wasn't gonna say nothing. Oh, I'm not look, out on Minnesota. Please. I'm not I'm not out what on Minnesota. About Minnesota OG first first ranked defense in the NBA right now. I'm not out on them. I'm not OG. Gobert would dominate that series, baby. Jalen Brown. Wait, Gobert would dominate. Gobert what? would dominate the boards Word. in that series. Just like Sabonis was supposed Jayden to dominate. Jaden McDaniels right? will. Jaden McDaniels will lock it's, up. It's, yeah, you know, Jaden McDaniels did dominate the boards. Uh, no, I said it's supposed to dominate Looney. Well, that's true. That's He's true. Still going to be Jalen Brown offensively. Jaden McDaniels just locked up Jamal Murray. But are you no, he's, a great, he's a great defender. An unbelievable. Defender. <laughs> I never, I never said McDaniels is going to average twenty. As long as Cat is there, you said he was going to be Tatum and Jalen Brown. They can be. Once they move on from Cat, you're going to see the leap from Jaden yeah, McDaniels. It, that's why in the next I couple think, of years, um, it's not going to be unlocked. My answer still stays the What's same. Daniel's averaging right now from um, over from, under. I'm gonna say twelve. Is it twelve? Twelve. He's not getting. He's not. He doesn't have a lot of possessions to himself. Um, I think my answer still stays the same from um <laughs> August. You know, I think um Denver's better. Jaden McDaniels, yeah. more game. I think um he just came back though. No, yeah, two games samples last time. <laughs> Jalen Brown's nuts. He's moving petty. I think now Jalen Brown's insane. We're talking about all NBA. But defensively, you got for sure. He's he's. I think Denver's better. I think the Lakers are better. I think Clippers are harder, better. Um, Phoenix is better. Phoenix is better. As of like, I'm still Minnesota. I'm not gonna gonna overreact. Like overreact to five games. I'm on hater mode, so let me relax. Twenty-two minutes per game. Yeah, he's not. um, I'll wait. I'll wait to what this team looks like because, like you mentioned, it they're old. They're old as fuck. So, you know, like, you have to look at this team. How bad do they? But, like, you can say the same thing about AD. Is he going to break down the Clippers? Is he going to break Let's down? No, I'm saying you, you could say that. Like, but I think um, this team is extremely yeah. old. Come on, OG, you got to wait to see what they look like in April. So, I'm not – I'm still going to keep the same. Like, I think those five teams are better. Uh, they look much better in April. I'll maybe push a different tone, you know? Let me ask you a question. One hundred percent, we're better than Minnesota. We'll beat the shit out of Minnesota. Also, no, you won't. I also no, think you, you would beat Minnesota. You're a casual. Any, 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 you, know <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. I'm you sorry, had them as the one seed last any, year. What happened this year? You had them as the one seed last year. Shut up. You don't believe in Luka. I never said the same shit last year. Why are we talking like Cat didn't miss fifty-four games last year? Why are we talking like Cat didn't miss fifty-four games last year? OG, you thought you were slick. I heard you. I heard you. Over there with your Minnesota love, I'm gonna tell you this, and this is gonna stand to the test of time. The Golden State ain't losing to none of them other teams after. Talk about Dallas, Minnesota, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, oh, whoever oh, they have. Sacramento, Sacramento City. Camp, they ain't City. never losing to Sacramento all my life, all my son life, all my life. They ain't never losing to Sacramento. All those other teams, no. And it took Phoenix, 50. It took 50. It took 50 from Steph Curry in order for them to win in game seven. Last it took 50 year. or not. If Steph's long as Steph is there, it's going to take 50 more. Mm. It's going to keep happening. That's they don't asking got a lot. So he just had 40 in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. That's asking a lot, though. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. He, he, he loves that building. What are you doing the preseason? He loves game. that building. He loves that. No, I did not. No, I did not. I didn't. I did not. I did not forget that. You, you forgot you saw the floater. No, I'm to, saying to last game, Clay Thompson won the game. But no, no, but what, what Steph did before that? that floater was what cold. What Steph did before that? 
okay. to go up. And then when Clay did, it ended, hard, yeah. because that's what the Warriors do to the Kings. They have their hearts. They have the fucking. It won't happen support. to the Wolves. What? I'm telling you, it won't they happen gotta to get the there. Daniels is gonna lock up. I hope I'm just not. I'm, I'm just not out on Minnesota. I I, I like Minnesota's what I see with this good team, but we need to see them healthy in the playoffs. I like Minnesota. That's it. That's it right there. I don't have no this 54 games. Nasri was out. Jaden McDaniels, who is arguably the best perimeter defender in the game, was out. So if 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 this team, I mean, Bruce Brown said it. Minnesota gave them the most difficult time. That includes the Lakers. That includes Phoenix. He's that includes Miami. He said Minnesota gave that. them the most difficult time. He did, Come on, he did say that. Come on. And I don't, I don't, I don't hate that because. I definitely trust Ant-Man. I don't trust Ant-Man over Steph. That's you don't. You should I not trust Anthony Edwards? I don't, you want to trust Yo, him over Steph? I didn't, I didn't say, say it. I am not saying I trust Anthony Edwards over Steph. I'm not saying you do. No, I'm not saying that. No, no, OG, I ain't saying that. OG, get your man. I never said that. I said, of course, I trust Steph. I trust Steph over Ant-Man, but that doesn't mean I don't trust Ant-Man. Right. Okay, those things are two different things. Raymond put Cat in the box. They got Anthony Edwards. I'm fine, bro. We have Steph. They got McDaniel's. McDaniel's would lock they, him they up. They had Edwards that. in the play. Yes, line. you actually don't. Now, have you that. seen McDaniel's? You, he up locks Steph. McDaniel's locks up the best stars in the league. He's he, the best when defender he ever in, the locked NBA. Up in the playoffs. He hasn't been in the play. He wasn't in the playoffs this past year. I so hate that. McDaniel's a better <laughs> defender than Caruso. Yes. Like Conley. Yes. He's bigger because he's taller. Six eleven's nuts. It's it's insane. It's nuts. But Caruso as a wing defender too. By the way, Drew as a wing defender. I know he's crazy. No, Jaden's amazing. Listen, Caruso. I only got to respect Caruso just because of how versatile he is for his size. Steph like impact for our defense. So listen, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. I miss him every day. You can make the argument that Jaden McDaniels might be the best perimeter defender in the game. You can make that argument. I wish Caruso. That's the only reason I give. I. I hear perimeter I wish, defense automatically. My mind goes crazy. I wish fans could like we get the eight teams that go into the playoffs and we can vote for the matchup so they could like pick their matchups. Because Ant did want to play the Warriors. Like he said that in the offseason, like he wants to play the Warriors in a seven game series. And I was just like the pick a side world needs Minnesota versus Golden State. Hey, you don't know why? Because I need you to run that? your mouth for two games. Get the little victory lap, and, and then the Warriors I'm go dead. up and just win the series again. Do you again. know what it was? And then I lied. Bro, that was last end. season. That yeah. was last season with the I, Lakers and the and the Wolves. It was movie. I need it again, man. I the just... Lakers need a Rudy Gobert, McDaniels, and Nasri to all be out. And, and the choke. You know what's crazy? You know what's funny? We, we can't forget and that. And defensively, and rebounding was doing Do you know this? But he's the best player. I want to look at the, the game. I'm not a box No, no. Just look at the box. You can watch it. We were there. We were there. We were there. He was doing his thing. He was costing his team. No, he was a word for On defense, he was great. You're Aunt Edwards. I need you to think more just defense. I think my mic's been such a liar. I couldn't hear you guys at the time. Look at his face, man. Come on. Drew, 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 if we're looking at perimeter defenders in the game, Caruso, and and then we're, we're talking about we're talking about Jaden McDaniels. Caruso. I'm a, I'm a Herb Jones stand, just so you guys know. I want to make sure I put that out there right now. I'm a Herb Jones. I'm not a fan. I'm a stand. I love Herb Jones. I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be defensive player of the year at some point. So Herb Jones, Caruso, Drew Holiday. Just put him in the box, too, by the way. Jaden, Jaden, Jaden McDaniels. Say that one more time. Steph just put Herb in the box to the other day. <laughs> Did you see that? He put Herb in the box. Oh, the, 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 the same Herb who put Shea in the box the other day? You got me. A couple of days ago? I just want to make sure, make sure that we're being consistent. Oh, you're going to get... You're going to get... Oh, you're gonna get oh, it's I mean, we're going to get... At some point, I mean, you're going to go against some people that's going to give you the business. I'm not fighting that far. I'm not going to say that. No, you're shutting the door on everybody. No, there's going to be some people. There's going to be some people that, you know, give you the business. So when you're talking about those four guys, where do you where do you leave? 
where do you put Jaden McDaniels with those four guys in terms of perimeter defenders? You said Herb. You said Caruso. Caruso, Drew Holiday, Herb Jones. Where do you put him with those guys? You have to put Drew at one out of respect and what he's done in the playoffs. Like he's made like game saving defensive plays, whether it's he has done that. Yes, he has. Was this like uh somebody's bringing up the court? He picks him for a game winning layup. Like Drew has, and Drew has like a, uh he he has been cooked. You know we have our laps, but mm -hmm. he also has a resume of like locking dudes up. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. If we're gonna talk about 2023, and I'm saying this with no slight to Drew, last I'm, I'm we saw him in one. a big. That's not crazy. I put Herb one. That's not. I crazy. think Herb is the best help side defender out of all of this. I don't know Caruso. Russo's just small. That's I guess that's what it is. But think about how active he is. He's constantly moving. I think all these guys have a case for one. So I really, there is no wrong answer. Jaden being 6'11", it, it really feels like that's the unfair answer for the fact of how physically imposing mm -hmm. he is, his, how quick his feet are. It, it seems as if you kind of have to lean Jaden there. But again, for how active the hands of Caruso are, how they lead to easy transition buckets as well, his switchability so for his size, too. he's extremely knowledgeable. His IQ is extremely high on the defensive side of the ball. OG, quick question in this in this conversation. Does, does Jaden get less of a praise than Herb? And it's not to sl a slight him, but less of a praise than Herb and Caruso. Because even Drew, too, they both have like ample rim protectors behind like elite rim protectors behind them in Caruso and um Herb they don't really have that type of fact. help defense with them they're kind of just out there on a the box out there alone they don't have that guy at the rim to help them do they get does that come into this conversation at all you're just talking about straight talent I think it matters when you got a guy behind you as a rim protector because now I'm more aggressive on the perimeter because mm -hmm. I know that the guy behind me is going to clean up my mistakes so with a guy like Jaden McDaniels, he's more apt to take chances on a perimeter and be more aggressive as a defender at six foot nine, six ten, where he's covering guys, getting in the passing lane a little bit more, being a little more handsy. A guy like Herb Jones, who does have Valanciunas behind him, but he isn't the rim protector that Rudy is, right? I don't think that he's the. I, I don't think he's the rim protector. I, I don't think he's that kind of rim protector. So he's in, he's in the rim protector that Jared Allen or or or, or Evan Mobley is, right? Or Brooke Lopez. He's not that kind of rim protector. And with that being said, he gets himself in he gets himself in spaces where he's able to recover. Still, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to diminish the fact that because I got a guy behind me that's a rim protector, that that hampers my defense because that or letting me off the hook, because what that does is I think that that enhances my defense more than anything. I've always felt like guys like um, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, these guys should be better defenders than what they are. And that doesn't mean that Steph Curry has to be an all-world defender. But when I'm playing, I'm playing with the defensive player of the year. I should be a better player than I should be a better defensive player than I am. Donovan Mitchell playing with the rim protector like Rudy Gobert, he should have been a better defensive player than what he is. So a guy like Herb Jones, if he got a guy like Brooke Lopez behind him, I can't imagine what kind of defensive player he would be on the wing. He'd be better, but I, I think you're right. You can't discount what these guys are doing because. Arguably the best the best defender in the 2000s was Bruce Bowen. He had Tim Duncan behind him. That yes, did not did. take away from Bruce Bowen's greatness on defense. So I think even though you have a great rim protector, you still got to guard the person sure. in front of you. And I think Jaden McDaniels does it as, as good as anybody. Mm -hmm. We just seen him shut down Jamal Murray. People don't realize this, but Bruce Brown went on a podcast and said the Timberwolves gave us the best matchup in the playoffs. 
And they didn't have McDaniels in that series. McDaniels would have been the primary assignment on Jamal Murray had he played. Why didn't they have McDaniels? In that he series? broke his, broke his, his hand. hand. He broke his hand. Yeah, he broke his hand. Hitting the wall. Broke his hand. Hitting the wall. Kind of just. Kind of just Mar- Mar- I was just going to say. Temper tantrum like, just yeah, goes yeah. and punches the fire. Got to mature, man. Yeah, nah, that's something you got to take. Keep in mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. It would have been Denver with him. Listen, that's the one thing. I'm asking him. I'm asking him. What you say? Do you remember? Do you remember Game Five? They, that Game Five went into overtime. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. they smoked them. Seriously, all of these, all, all of those games that they beat all them were dog fights. Yeah. Outside of Game One, yes. Facts. Outside of Game One, all four of those five games were dog fights. I won't bring up the Lakers series. I'm over it. I'm oh, absolutely. And, and, and anybody, and I'm on. I'm on record, Drew, saying mm-hmm. that when you get swept, you aren't close. You can't. You can't with that be. With that being said. This Laker team, they lost by a total in those four games. I think they lost by 24 points total. That last game skewed it. The last game skewed it. We lost by – we kind of just blew it at the very end of the game. Yes. Oh, no, I'm thinking all of those game games, All those games were dog fights. Yeah, Pardon, game three. That's you, you I, lost Game four, you lost by a bucket. James, yeah, exactly. Game three yeah, game I'm four, talking about. Yeah, game four, you lost by a bucket. Similarly, in the Nets versus the Celtics first-round series in 2022. I don't yeah, know. I think no, that was – yeah. Crazy. Not my go. I go. I got one against Brooklyn. That one, yeah, got one. Yeah, man, tough. On to the next topic. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Boston Celtics because right now they're four and zero. They just had a fifty-one point win against the Indiana Pacers with no Tyrese Halliburton. I'm sure if Tyrese is there, it's at least a twenty-point blowout. At least twenty. Uh, but listen, Celtics right now first in offensive rating. The second closest is the Mavericks at one hundred twenty-one points per one hundred possessions. The Celtics are at. Almost 125, so we're seeing some historic stuff. Dallas, I'll start off with you. What do you think about these new-look Celtics? Marcus Smart departure, mm. Grant Williams departure, you're getting mm. in Drew Holiday and Christos Porzingis. How are you feeling right now? First of all, the, the ex-Celtics are balling right now. Grant's doing his thing. Marcus Smart's putting up pretty good numbers on a, a really bad Grizzlies team, but this is the best Celtics team of the Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum era right now. What we're seeing with Drew Holiday and Porzingis it's great basketball. You know, OG brought up Sam Cassell, you know, uh, previously in Philly. He's on he's on the coaches of na- coaching staff now in Boston. And That's what good. he's done to Jason Tatum, um, Tatum right now is posting up at three times the rate that he was <laughs> last, year, last year. He is, you see the heat map between last season and this season. Last year, it was all threes, all layups. You look at his heat map this season, he's taking middies. He's still taking threes, oh, so he's being still away. driving to the lane. But yeah, he's getting back to what you know. Uh, imagine, that, Riv. imagine that, Riv. He always had it. He always <laughs> he had he it. He came in with it. I know he did. And so, you slept. So no, Tatum, whatever you say, man. Tatum, Tatum. Hold on, hold on. I'm so, that, sorry. He's a liar. What? I'm not he's a liar. liar. I'm not a liar. He said I slept. You said his mid range game was not good. You did. No, when he first came whatever in, you say, bro. we had a we no. When he first came in, I was talking about he was one of the most complete players coming out of college. Then what happened? He fell off. Did he fall off? His mid range game has not been. He went straight from threes and layups. But we always know that he's had it in his back. I've always stated that. But he, he went very, he went very analytical. You know, yeah. it was especially last year it was all threes and layups. But this year, um, went to? Duke. Okay. To How about sure. you eat it? Okay. Okay. Well, high school. I don't care. Cheminate. St. Louis. I'm supposed to care about that. I, I, I want to. I'm sorry. I want to. I want to get back to my man soliloquy about the Celtics because. Yes, I'm sir. Like, uh, let's, so let, OG, let's get back to this, please. OG, we were talking about the post up. So right now he's 1.36 points per possession in the post. He was at 1.2 last year. He's shooting 64 percent from the post. He was at 55 percent last year. And Christos Porzingis, he's been Insane. a huge addition too. He's 95th percentile in post ups, shooting 83 percent 
from the post. The only one he got prepared for. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Um, but no, because what we've seen year after year with the Celtics team, doesn't matter the coach, doesn't matter the personnel, if it's Kemba, if it's Kyrie, if, if it's whoever, Marcus Smart running the point guard, we've seen them down the stretch of games. It's Jalen Brown, here's your turn. Jason Tatum, here's your turn. And they really haven't had a secondary option. It's just ISO, get to the rim, pull up three, whatever. But now if they're able to kind of unlock a new part of this offense and they're able to continue to run these post-ups at, at such a high level, this makes it, we saw it in, in the Heat game, you know, last week. Like, that's a game I feel like last year we would have lost. This year, they came close. They were within four points, but we'd always hit a three. We'd be able to get JT or Kristaps in, in the post, and, and we'd be able to find someone off of that. Jalen Brown and Porzingis have been a phenomenal duo. I, I mentioned this to you, Riv. C- going into that Pacers game, Jalen Brown was tied for most uh, potential assists on the team. Most of his passes are going to Porzingis. So him in the pick and roll with Porzingis, having that 7-3 type of dude that he really he really hasn't had. Correct, yeah, but the potential assist is right up there with their guy. Uh, yeah, talk about box score guy. Haven't you watched the damn game? Um, God damn. Anyhow, it's great to see Jason Tatum get back to this natural part of basketball that he always had in his bag, but kind of got taken away these last couple of years, whether that was coaching, whether that's him. But I do, I do credit Sam Cassell. He, I think he's been a huge part to kind of this, uh, you know, rejuvenation of, of Tatum's game. Yeah, OG, he was over there exciting and damn near oozing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, the, the reason why I riv is because when a player who I think is going to be what I think they're going to be and they actually turn into that, that gets me really excited. I had Jason Tatum before the season started. I picked him as my preseason league MVP. I'm still sticking with that. He now plays in the mid-range, which he did coming out of college. And then all of a sudden he turned into James Harden. And then now he's getting back to actually, like you just said, playing on the wing, playing in the mid post, playing 12 to 15 feet away from the basket, recognizing mismatches. I think Sam Cassell does have a lot to do with that. He's leading all small forwards in rebounds again for the second straight year. He gets on the backboard. He went 30 and 12 two nights ago, and he only played three quarters. Yeah, he only, he only played he only played three quarters two two nights ago. The thing that I like about this Boston unit the most is where is where and how they use KP. The thing that I was concerned with last not last season yeah last season before they got KP when you watched them play against teams with zone teams playing zone they didn't have a guy who could attack the zone they just had guys standing around stabbing at the zone. They didn't really have anybody that can attack the zone. Well, now you got a guy in Porzingis who, before this season started, was in the top three in the league and points on the box. In addition to being in, in, in addition to points on the box, I think he's third in the league last year in points on the box. Now you got a guy who can play in the mid post. You got a guy who can play in the mid range. And Jason Tatum doesn't have to be the only playmaker in the zone. And a lot of teams play zone when they go big. And that's huge for what they're doing. They're rotation guys. There's a reason why Pritchard asked to be traded. I'm better than what you guys are showing. I should be in the rotation and I should be playing more because I, I can offer this team more than what you're showing, which would explain why Boston extended him because they recognize it too. And he's been playing really well, right? So Derek White, I like this lineup that they have, but I will tell you this, and I'm in the minority. I want to put Drew at the one. I want to move, I want to move Jalen back to his natural position at two. I want to put Jason Tatum back to his natural position at three. I want to put Al, Al Hoffman at the four, and I want to put KP at the five, and I want Derek White to come off the bench. That's mm-hmm. what I want because with that unit right there, you cause so many mismatches. You cause so many problems, especially when you go wide. You make teams have to really scramble, especially smaller teams. And 
I really like what they're doing. I got the Boston Celtics winning the NBA championship this year. Mm. Awesome, OG. I, I don't think that's a bad take. I saw a video you had uh, Tatum over Luca. I do have Tatum over Luca, and the reason why I have Tatum, the reason why I have Tatum over Luca, and it's not, it's not a, a, a huge jump. When Luca showed up, I feel like Luca was more polished. I feel like Luca's ceiling was, I think he was closer to his ceiling than Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum was raw when he first showed up, and I feel like his improvement, he got better every year. And with and him, with him getting better every year as a defender and as a not just as a defender, but as a long ball shooter. A lot of people talked about his inconsistencies, but that's part of being young. Now he looks like he's in this mode where he's starting to figure it out and he's gotten better as a defender. He's gotten better as a scorer. With all of these things being said, I feel like Luca's ceiling. I think he's getting close to it. And don't get me wrong, Riv, you know, 30. 11 and 9 if that's your ceiling you give me a break i mean I, I don't think that's terrible i just feel like jason tatum's ceiling is right around there i mean he had a career year last year he's improved every year he's given you 50 balls in the playoffs and shown that he can produce that and i feel like i, I think they're around the same age i think lucas 24 jason tatum's 25 i think on the defensive side of the basketball where the separator for me has been i know that luca can score the basketball at a high rate but he can be also inefficient he shoots a lot of he shoots a lot of shots that are bad shots which lowers his efficiency i think that those two guys i feel like jason tatum is right here i don't think that luca is is miles ahead of jason tatum i feel like these guys are i feel like these guys are right there at right there with each other and i feel like jason tatum is above him just slightly and a lot of people will say well if you put luca on boston then th this is a totally different team remember that dallas team built that unit around luca's skill set jason tatum got on a got on a on a boston celtic team which most people will tell you they were a bomb squad well jay crowder marcus smart in year two i mean isaiah thomas who was a b player who had an a year right al Horford. i mean I, i'm not going to exactly say that this is a bomb squad in terms of talent jalen brown who was in year two when jason tatum got on the crew so it wasn't like that the, the situation was a little bit better but he still had to perform this isn't a guy who showed up and they were expecting him to be that you know if, if gordon haywood doesn't get hurt jason tatum doesn't play early but the fact that gordon haywood got hurt now jason tatum gets thrust into the lineup with him getting thrust into the lineup, they realize, wow, we do have a gym here and we need to play him more. With playing him more, he turns out to be the best player of all of these guys. So they have to now configure that offense around him, him becoming a better defensive player. I just feel like he's I, I, I feel like he's this much. I, I feel like him and Luca, especially considering when he first showed up. I said this two years ago that the gap was closing. Nobody wanted to listen to me. And now here we are. I feel like the gap is closed. And if I had to choose between the two of them right now, I got Jason Tatum like this. They called you know, us stupid, man. I think I forgot they called us hurt, dumb. Man. That was terrible. They you know, I think when it when it comes to Luca and Tatum, OG like, at Cleveland, right? You mentioned Luke you mentioned a great first game of the season, Rev. First game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Tatum, he came into a team that already was a fifty win team, so he wasn't expected to lead the organization from day one. But he was still the third overall pick in the draft. He was still mm -hmm. a highly touted draft pick who they expected to one day be the franchise face because that Boston team was not sold on the Isaiah Thomas or Gordon Hayward version of it. They got hurt. They went and got Kyrie. Kyrie's supposed to lead them to something, but Tatum, Jalen Brown, they were top five draft picks, so they still had that expectation. When it comes to Luka and Tatum, you can say Tatum has been improving. 
Dells mentioned the stats about how he's posting up on a more frequent rate. But even with Tatum posting up like that, he's not as good of a post player as Luka. He's not as good of a finisher as Luka. He's not as good in the mid-range as Luka. He doesn't read the game from a playmaking standpoint like Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic can control and dictate an entire offense. That statement James Harden made about how he's not a system player, he is a system, that applies to Luka. I think Jason Tatum has to play within a well-oiled machine with everybody clicking as, and they have to have a playmaker where Luca can be the primary decision maker on the team and dictate everything. The defense part, you have it. Jason Tatum is a better defender. Mm-hmm. Even though Luca, even though Luca has been a better defender, um, he's been a better defender than he has been in recent years. Defense to me isn't the end all be all when measuring these these great players in the NBA, because while you can be a better two way player, it does not make you a better player as a whole. Jimmy Butler is quite arguably one of the best two-way players in the league. Mm-hmm. He's not better than Steph, and that's because the offensive gap between a Steph and Butler is that right. great. I think there's a gap between Luka and Tatum as offensive players because Luka can score better than Tatum, and then he can also pass miles better, and I don't think it's even close. In terms the, passing, of- the, the, the passing, I'll give you an edge, 100%, but the one-on-one player, he's improved dramatically since, yeah. since, since, he, since he came into the game. He's improved at the pro level dramatically. His ability to get to the mid-range, now even in year six, he always had that in his game, but now he's going back to that. His ability to post. When Luka showed up, Luka was already doing this stuff, so I feel like the ceiling – was already I, I feel like he was already close to his ceiling. I don't really feel like Luca has improved that much. I feel like Luca has improved 100%, but I don't feel like he's improved that much. But with that with that being said, Jason Tatum on the other hand, as a scorer, as a one-on-one player, as a transition player, being able to read defenses and get to the rim. You talked about finishing at the basket. I think Jason Tatum finishes I think Jason Tatum finishes at almost 70% or over 70% at the rim as opposed to Luca who finishes around late 60s, like 68. I think Jason Tatum finishes up maybe a slight Luka gets to the rim more though. Luca has the ball in his hand. No, it's because he can get to the rim better than Tatum. That's well, why. Luka, that's not and, necessarily and you the know, case. And you know, you, listen, you spoke a lot about Luka Doncic, and of course, he's been a great player. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. Let's say this about Jason Tatum. Uh, you mentioned all these reasons about why Jason, uh, excuse me, why Luka Doncic is the better offensive player. You kind of glossed over the fact that it's not even a question. Defense, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that quick. Yeah, very, very way too quickly for my for my liking we understand how great of a defender jason tatum is this size the athleticism that he provides on the opposite side of the court mm-hmm. but offensively given his usage uh, you say that he's a better scorer i think that goes hand in hand with opportunity go with the fact of luka Doncic is consistently starting and initiating an offense luka Doncic, listen we're not going to talk about this like i'm saying luka Doncic is is a bad a better player than he's, a, he's a he's a great player in his own right you didn't mention three-point shooting for a reason reason and and og said it best i think that we see his efficiency take a hit because he takes some some bad shots because he trusts himself i respect that from from one man to another i respect when you can take ridiculous shots because you think you can make them to a point uh, you, you gotta you gotta limit them we've seen him be very efficient so far this season i think it's 52 40 something from the three-point line he's been incredible luka Doncic for sure uh, but just going off let's not say a, a four game sample size let's just talk about from what we've seen from luka Doncic. With the efficiency not being from the three-point line specifically as great as it could be from the mid-range, the post, I'm with you. But we know Jason Tatum has that in his arsenal. We've only seen him get better. Yes, but he's not year as good to year. That's the point. But without the usage being Luka Doncic, 
It's a conversation. They give Luca the usage because he's that good. That's why they give him the usage. You don't talk like that, like Jason Tatum isn't. Right <laughs> he's not. He's not Luca, and it's as simple as that. He's not the Luca. Even if that's true, Joe, the fact that the fact that the gap has closed, you cannot deny that. Well, it's listen, not what it was two yeah, years ago. Not what it was a year ago. That's why I Luka's go with Tatum. Okay. I've always said that he's not a cone. He's, he's, a cone. Cone. he's nowhere he's a near. Cone. He's nowhere near the defender that Tatum. Right, you want to say he's not the offensive player okay, that cool. Tatum is? Let's not even cool, talk about cool. defense. Who's the best player in the NBA right now? Right now is Nikola Jokic. Is he a defender? Is he a better defender than Tatum? He's a solid. Is he a better defender than Tatum? He was. He was a really good defender. Is he a better defender than Tatum? Oh, Joe, you're not doing that. And you know why you're not doing that? Because we're talking. We're talking about an effort. Not Steph Curry or Jason Tatum. No, uh, uh, we're not doing that. You're not letting him off the hook with that because we're talking about. We're talking about. We're talking about a a a a joker who. I think he led the league or he was second in the league and shots contested. There's effort there. There is effort there. He might not be he might not be great as a defender, but there's effort there. Let's, let's be clear about Luca. Luca Luca gives zero effort in recovery. When you beat Luca, he is out of the play. There is no question about it. When we talk about no way is he ever back in One hundred percent, he is out of the play. You know what I think's happening here? I think what's happening is we're that about the Celtics. Luca, now we got Luca. We just can't talk about Boston. This, you know this I mean? is what this what's been happening. Our best team in the NBA. Yeah, but here's the thing: when you talk about Boston, the, the conversation. I don't want to say it gets boring because I don't want to discredit your guys. You guys are just like always great. Unbelievable basketball. Oh, it, it always comes conversation bigger always picture. Gets spicy for Boston you, exactly, when the playoffs yes. come around. Also, before, you know how great this Boston Celtics team is. Number one in offensive rating, top five in defensive yeah. rating. The roster is stacked. But to have a real conversation about Boston, like Riv just well, said, you June. can't start until till April or May. Was, what was that said about Jalen Brown potential assists? He's he, first. He was, he was tied going into the Pacers game. He was tied for first on the team. Also, okay. lowest turnover percentage of his career. He didn't say he Good. he said tied going into the Pacers game because Payne Pritchard actually leads them in potential assists per game. Well, he just had and like J a, eleven. Jalen Brown is eighty first in the NBA in the potential assists per game. So it's not <laughs> what he's doing. It's this special thing. So assist that. So assist that he might have. Not assist that he actually has, Joe. It's assist that he might have. Yes, it's 80 players better in the sense that he might have I would, I would, this, this Pacers game, by the way, was three days ago. He talked so we about, he talked about some playmaking leap. Well, come on, what are they doing here? It, they got better talent this year. Listen, we all know the Celtics. Jalen Brown was we just know. all NBA. What, like, the only kind of way you can shit on someone is really honing in on one, one thing. He Jaylen mentioned Brown has the playmaking. Okay, um, bro, I said going into that Pacers he game. Say that. I said go, so this was move a game. Sam, I didn't. I didn't have the updated numbers. That was that was how many shows ago, and this one specifically, he was talking about Jason Tatum in his post ups. Even even did you even mention Jalen Brown at all? He right just here? mentioned it right I said, now. I said how I said how poor Zim. I said how he mentioned it during his little I said how Porzingis has helped Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown has passed the ball to Porzingis at the highest rate of anyone on the team. Porzingis is shooting fifty percent when he's. No, I just, show, I just said it He now. briefly talked about it. He I said one sentence. Talk about because all we do on this show is shit on Jalen Brown. He has the lowest turnover percentage yeah, so he of his career. Little, you know, so I'm giving him a little bit of pump. Like, if you want to go with that one little statement, because you can't talk he's about anything else about me. Boston, because you're wrong about the Jalen Brown every single year. Was I wrong about them last year? They didn't win a championship. They lost that shit. You actually worked. Was I wrong about it? Was I wrong about Was I wrong about I was at the bar with Dell. The Celtics were you up said 2 0. The Nets were going to win. The Celtics were up 2 0. I told Dell, y'all losing this shit. 
We were, I told we, him straight up, the Warriors going to beat y'all. They're going to still that, win. Bro. It was 2-1. Oh, so I was right about that. Fucking taking victory laps on L's is disgusting. My thing is with this whole. You take it on tour every year. We know that. My thing is with this Luka and Tatum thing. I think the Luka and Tatum conversation it's starting to become the Steph and Harden conversation. And I say that because, not because of the accolades. Who's not, Steph? Listen, listen, just listen. Listen. Not because of the accolades and not because of what they've won, Who's but that? more because of how toxic, on those type of like how toxic it's become on both sides and how one, I'll stay out of one, it. I'll one guy, like one, one, the other side props up the other guy shitting on the other guy. And it's like vice versa. I think both players are in a similar tier of players. Both players are going to be the faces of the league when the old guys grow up. And both players... Or elite players in the NBA. So to compare them, I don't think it's a bad thing. In in my opinion, I think Luca's slightly better. You know, I think um, Tatum has a hundred percent gotten better every single season of his career. I do agree with uh, OG. He is closing the gap because I think Luca came in already as a polished player. How much better can you really get from where he was aside from just being more like being more perfected in his craft, you know, and all that stuff. So I think his ceiling is closer. But I think both of these guys. You know, are going to be one of the best players in the league. I don't, you know, to, to say it's a clearing. I don't know if I can say that. Honestly, I think Luke is better, but I understand the Jason Tatum side because you can't ignore defense, especially when you're six seven, six eight. Like you, you just at that size, you're a, a guard wing. You can't ignore defense. Defense matters, especially when you're constantly getting hunted in the playoffs. And you're like Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry. He was getting hunted. At some point, he had to learn how to play defense. At some point, he had to learn how to – he can't just be the guy who keeps getting killed on that end, and he ended up fixing that. And that's the same thing for Luka. So I think it's close. I would lean Luka personally. This was the point I was going to make to you, OG, about how you feel like Tatum is closing the gap. And that might be true, and I think it is true because Tatum every year has gotten better. But we can't forget that Luca from year two mm-hmm. was already an all NBA performer. Mm-hmm. So all of his improvements that he's going to make, you're not going to see Luca go one year averaging 29 and then averaging 38 the next year. That type of jump is just too unrealistic to really expect. So he's especially peak. if the if the roster's getting better. It's not that he's peak. He's peak. LeBron James has averaged around the same amount of points per game every single year in his career. Ah, but you can right? see the You can see the But you can see the improvement. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you watch the games, you'll see the improvement. I'm wondering what but you didn't watch the, you're not watching Luca. What's he supposed to get you're better not, at? Luca Luca can get better as a decision maker. This He's definitely Luca has definitely gotten much better as a shooter. That's a fact. Gotten better as a mid-range shooter. Four games. Three point really shooter. has done such a great job. I'll give him that credit. He's shooting 40%. It's not just this year. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking mm-hmm. about other years. Last year, last year that he didn't make the playoffs. This team didn't make the playoffs. He That's played, all you all use. That's the only great. talking point you but can you, use when you're it trying comes to, to mention him as a, as a top three, they top two player tank. in the league. But this this my this my thing, OG. Imagine that Luka, you have Luka Doncic and you and you tanked. You decided to tank. That is interesting to me. That's embarrassing. Luka Doncic, he was an all-NBA performer from year two. So all his improvements are going to be marginal where Tatum from year one to where he is now, you're seeing the growth of 13 to 18 to 23 to 27 to 30. So I agree with you that he's closed up the gap, but I feel like we're underrating Luca because his points and his stat production isn't increasing every single year by a significant amount. Shot 34% we we think that he's stalemated when he's not. I think Luca every year is getting significantly better. It's ugly. It's not. He went 32, 31, 35, 35, 34. And just so you know, Joe, uh, like you just said, Luca became an all pro his second year in the league. 
Jason Tatum was an All-Pro in year three. So it wasn't like Jason Tatum became an All-Pro in like year six or seven. He became an All-Pro in year three, and he's been in a, he's been on the All-Pro team ever since. I think he missed the All-Pro team in 2021, but since then he's been first team All-NBA. He made third team the, the, the his third year, and then he's been on the first team ever since that. And I think that he's going to be that moving forward. I just felt like I just felt like the gap between these guys two years ago. I saw Jason Tatum coming into the league and I saw the improvement. I saw his ability to get to the basket. I saw how much smarter he was getting. I felt like just he needed to mature. And as that time went on, we're talking about a guy who two years ago, he wasn't in the league MVP conversation. Last year, he finished fourth in the league in MVP votes. Yes, sir. This year, I, I haven't projected to actually win the league MVP. So he's no, moved up actually, every year. Oh, Two years ago, he did finish. He was five. I'm sorry, he's six. Yeah, he wasn't. He was five. Yeah, he was, I, I, I take that. I take that back. He was six. I'm sorry, he was yeah. six. And then the year after that, he was four. I take that back. I'm sorry, Rib. He was six. And then the year after that, he was four. And then this season, I haven't projected to actually win the league MVP. So with that being said, the improvement is 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 astronomical with this guy. I just don't think when when you talk about Steph and, and, and James Harden, I mean, I don't ever feel like. As good as James Harden was, I don't ever feel like he was better than Steph. I always felt like there was a gap between those two guys. Always felt like that. With Jason Tatum, I feel like between him and Luka, the gap closed. And I feel like the gap closed significantly to where I feel like I could put him over J I can put him over over Luka, not significantly, but I can if if, if we're running a, a hundred yard and Luka runs a nine seven nine, Tatum is running like a nine seven or 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 a flat nine eight. Something like like it's a hair. That's what I'm talking about. OG, the gap for you basically is a title. I feel like winning matters when you're talking about being the best player on the planet. If Luka wins the title this year, you would put Luca back over Tatum. If Luca wins a title, I think that yeah, I because that matters. Winning, 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 winning matters. Yes, because I think the way the way either one of them is going to do it, it's going to yeah. be in the hands of them. That's what it's I'm cool. That's what I'm cool with the debate. Numbers, yeah, like, yeah. like you said, like right now, talking about the Boston Celtics, like we're expecting them to, you know, have a great regular season. We're expecting them to be the number one, number two seed. Yeah. We expect them to go to at least the UCF. So mm -hmm. when it gets to when it gets to May, when it gets to June, mm -hmm. that's when the conversations really matter. And the way the Boston Celtics are looking, Mavericks yep. four on their own right. Hey, you want to take the Mavs right now? I'll take the Celtics. We can see end of the season how so it goes. The I know Celtics, you feel high the Celtics are, are a better team. They have three all stars surrounding Jason Tatum. I think that's so. Where where would with Tatum? Because I feel like people kind of kind of hint or like they kind of like don't want to put him in that top five. They kind of put others. So if Tatum hypothetically does win a title, where do you think he does he jump in? Top three. Top three. What? Top three. Yes. Tight top three. Yes. Jokic, Giannis, Curry. Who goes out? Most likely. This is the same guy that tried to put Dame over Steph. So I didn't I, say I, I, that. I, I wouldn't be fucking shocked. You asked the question. It was All ridiculous in this okay. right. Yeah, I'm not going to say it as a segment. Though. After that, he had like six points. It was honestly mind yeah, no, was, how he was when, But I, yeah, I, I think. I, I think. Question. No. I think winning. I, I think winning matters, Riv. And the reason why I feel like the reason why I feel like winning matters is winning matters not just right now. It's also your body of work of what you've produced over the course of your career. So over the last three years, what have we seen from Jason Tatum? We've seen a guy who's been in the NBA Finals, who's been in the Eastern Conference Championship, who now on a team in the Boston Celtics, which I think they're going to win the NBA Championship. So he's knocking on that door every year. So with that being said, he's arguably a top five player right now. I think he is. But with that being said, he's arguably that. So if they were to win the NBA championship and he would have been able to redeem himself from what we saw in the 22 NBA finals, I think that moves him up the list. For sure. So, OG, let me ask you this, and then we'll segue to this oh, week in the you. NBA. 
if Luca was the best, if Luca took Tatum's place on the Celtics and he's their best player instead of Tatum, do you not feel more confident in the Celtics winning at all? What does that even mean? No, I don't. And the, re the reason the reason why I don't is because as as good as Luca is in terms of his skill set, I don't. That, that's not a yes or no answer because of Luca's skill set. I do think that it would help. But the same thing I'm seeing with with the Celtics with Drew Holiday, it would be the same thing with Luca. Because even though Drew Holiday does the same thing that that Marcus Smart does, set better, they gotta trust him. They don't know him like that. So there's gonna be a there's gonna be a grace period where we gotta get this figured out between us. Now, don't get me wrong, this team plays defense and Drew Holiday fits into that, but we still don't know you like that. It's like you family, but we don't really know you like that yet. So I feel like the same thing would happen with Luca. And we talk a lot about you know Jalen Brown being as good as Jalen Brown is and 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 Christoph Porzingis. Let's be clear, Joe. It wasn't like Jalen Brown came in the door like that. He developed too. Took him time, yeah. So it wasn't like, and, 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 and it wasn't like Jason Tatum was on the crew for two years or three years, and then Jalen Brown showed up and vice versa. No, they showed up in consecutive seasons. So they both grew together. This guy's still 25 and 26. Like um, Garland and Hiley are both playing like shit and they're playing each other. I know. I love that. Aren't the Pacers winning though? No, they came back. And Jared Allen's back too. That's pretty yeah, lit. They, uh, the Cavs, they were down 20 and then just came back. Now, this week in the NBA, the biggest thing is that the NBA in-season tournament is going on right now. OG, before the show, you were passionate in talking about the in-season tournament. So, OG, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts about this new in-season tournament that the NBA has implemented? Well, I think it's a money grab, and it's going to work because the way that they've marketed it, it's going to make the <laughs> NBA more money than they've seen in a long time. It's going to help ratings because this is what it is. This is what this is what they're going to do to spice the league up, what they've done with the group play. All it is is they've changed the name from the Central Division, the Atlantic Division, and the Southwest Division to Group A, Group B, and they just bunched up the teams. It's the same thing that they've done. Now, what's going to ultimately happen, and you guys are going to love this, what's ultimately going to happen is – this in-season tournament, when you're talking about guys later on in their careers, like Joker, like Giannis, like James, where they are in terms of all-time greats, we're going to have to talk about them being the in-season tournament MVP. We're going to have to talk about that. And because we're going to have to talk about that, it's going to make this conversation even uglier. I'm not a fan of the in-season tournament, but I understand it. It's to spice things up. Just like I'm not a fan of the play-in tournament. I think that this is all marketing uh, it's a marketing tool to get the nba to make the nba more popular i understand it i'm just not a fan of it i like the playing the playing i like i know we just saw you know of course the heat do it this in-season tournament though, I, I do feel kind of Lakers, the same way king of the look, looking at i know the courts it's like just the courts who really cares some of them look so crazy some of them just look a little bit too goofy like we're just like all blue or all red or all green where the it's sun's like purple court it's cool People may not love it. Oh, yeah. Kind of, it feels like NBA 2K-ish. Like nice. OG is from a time where they were game best of three series and best of five series in the mm -hmm. first round. You know, he he go back to the old school of, listen, man, I got 80 fucking games. Figure it you out. Figure then. it out by then. If you don't make it. You got to play your team, Riff. You got 82 90, games to figure it out. That, that That's your playing tournament right there. If you and can't I, figure it out in 82 games, you're not a playing team. And I, I mean, think you're not a playoff team. Because we, in our era, like our probably peak, peak basketball is when we were younger. And I remember we had those West standings where the 10th seed and the 9th seed were like 48 win teams. Yep. And that's when the playing, like, Should've in my been. opinion, I think the playing should be more um, circumstantial. Like, I don't see why 32 win teams are in the playing. Like, I feel like if it's close, like like how uh, the Lakers, Golden State, the Clippers last was, year was intense. Like, that should be mm -hmm. the, okay, 
plug in the plane. But I feel like if you are 32, like when they had the Spurs in there, and shit, like why? Not a playoff team. Not playoff, not, you know? Yeah. So it should be circumstantial for the in-season tournament. I just want to see how they maneuver from it. I think, honestly, this could have been a perfect way to bring rivalries back and bring division, like bring meanings to a division back. I feel like scram- uh, scrambling it up is weird, you know, but I think this could have been a, a perfect, like, you know how the NFL division games and rivalry games are so important. And in the NBA, it used to be that, like you used to get up for Chicago and Miami, you used to get up for New York and Chicago. Like the, the Lakers and the Warriors still obviously get up. The Warriors and the Kings are starting to get up for those Lakers, games. But Clippers. like Boston and Miami, Boston and Cleveland, you should wake up and get up like they're playing today. Now it's kind of just like, all right, well, they might sit out, this might sit out, they might not play. So I think this could have been the best way, but shuffling it is going to, I don't know, but I, I'm like Dells, I'm just more optimistic, excited to see how it is. First games are today, so hopefully we get some competitive basketball. You know, we do have the Wizards in the Heat, so okay. <laughs> but like, I'm I'm just hoping the basketball. It's a battle of who could be worse right now with Miami being one and four. You know, know they've had some situations where they could have had games go other way. They're also Jimmy hasn't played like two of them games. They they're already starting. So. Sam two is another one was was miss a yeah, they just two. they don't care. No 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 doubt. I'll tell you this. Uh, playing, excuse me. Uh, with the in season tournament, we just saw Halliburton have comments saying. Uh, for for guys to feel like there's a lot on the on the line, some more incentive. Have the winner of the play-in have an automatic spot in the playoffs. Now, to me, that would work if you did it on both sides. But again, that seems like the most extreme case. You want this one team season to shut down in December, in January. They want to take it like, like to me. That's They'll rest so much. If if you're the Boston Celtics, you go all out so if right you're the Clippers now. And you win it. If you're the Clippers, if you're yes, the Lakers, yeah, be back. Come back in April. If you Charlotte, how about that? How about if you Charlotte and you and you go on like you a six game win streak? We gotta watch the Wizards play in the playoffs. Bro. See, but that's the thing. What OG? That's a great statement to make because even still, I don't know if these bottom teams, if that's on the line, if a playoff spot's on the line. I still feel confident that it's going to be one of those top teams trying to lock it up. You mentioned the Clippers. That's a perfect name to mention. A Golden State Warriors is another team to mention because the Lakers, we know don't that. Forget. The, oh, I said the Lakers were one of my yeah. first teams, no doubt, with Andy Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Say that one more time. None, bro. Okay, I, I thought so because we own y'all. <laughs> so uh, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> I, I, can, I can have that conversation too. Uh, Disney doesn't count. Oh, it's okay. Interesting. Last time we faced <laughs> off, I guess that's your Disney, right? Well, you didn't win the game the next round. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, we got there, which you guys didn't. Can't we say that. won the same amount of games. It's okay. <laughs> We're the better franchise by far. You're not, that's not really your franchise, it bro. Is. It's been your franchise for three years. Joe, this is your fault too, Joe. You open up the door to this and you let this happen. This is your <laughs> fault, Joe. You but, did, I, <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, I think the plan is going to be fun to watch. It'll be interesting for its first year to see it's how how that's I, again. Yes, I, I I that's what I mean. Thank you, Riff. The in season tournament is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be exciting. Uh, just because it's the first year, I, I'm interested to see how seriously these players take it. I think that that's another reason why they were so harsh on resting players because they know this in season tournament's happening. They want the best of the of the best playing in not of course just the playoffs. But in the in-season tournament, which is their, what they're trying to market. So I'm staying open-minded. I, I feel very, very open-minded to the idea that we could be watching some great basketball. Mm. I love this in-season tournament. I, I think it's great for the NBA and to boost fan interest. I can understand your perspective, though, OG, and from how you watch the NBA and how it's changing, I can definitely understand the frustration because I am frustrated 
as well when I hear Tyrese Halliburton make a comment like that, that a team should get a playoff spot because I just think it's ridiculous the fact that we have to keep incentivizing regular season games for basketball players to play basketball. This is your job. You're right. supposed to play basketball. Just play basketball. They're getting paid millions. They're getting paid at the top 1% of the world right now to play a sport. And we have to incentivize these guys by a tournament or some games just for them to play. It's taxing. I, I think it's, it's ridiculous. taxing on the body, though. I understand it's where you're coming from. It's taxing on the body. But look at the person who said it. But, you, won't, you won't hear a, a, a player that lives for April, May, and Juice say, Oh, if you win in November, you make the playoffs. Like, I, won't I won't disagree. I'm only going to dispute the fact of that the statement of this is their job. All it this, is. that, and the third. I understand that. But social media is now involved. This isn't just taxing on the body. Now they're they're dealing with extreme they have teams social media. Teams in what? Like teams. A media team? Like they have teams. For, for sure. But then there's also. You could learn how to not be on your phone. Listen, you chose this life. I'll get, I don't. I'm not. Listen. Is it more taxing on your amount. body than plumbing, than being an electrician, than being a construction worker? I don't think it is. Uh, it's not. I'm not going to sit here and disrespect the guys out there. I'm going to stay mute on that one. Guys that work construction, they got no, to do that. They got to do it day. year round. You're putting in 10-hour days. I mean, I'm not in the boots. Yeah. I understand. I understand being a professional athlete and how difficult it is and how taxing it is on the body. But it's not like these dudes have day jobs. They have plenty of opportunity to heal up their bodies. They have yeah, plenty of opportunities. And they, they, have, they have plenty of opportunities to take care of themselves. To take care of them. This is not like, you know, I, 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 I'm I playing at the Y and then I work at the post office. No, this is what I do for a living. And I, I, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the whole, you know, this is, you know, this is your job sort of thing. Yo, I get to do something that I've always wanted to do. If you don't like your job, quit. That's how we get to the bottom of that. <laughs> if, if, if you don't like your job, go do something else. The idea that we have to make you play. Now, a guy like Kawhi Leonard who said there aren't amount of games that you can mandate to make me play. I understand his situation because I because Kawhi Leonard has a condition. That's the problem that we have here with him. He's got a condition which gotten progressively worse over the years. This isn't a guy who's got a back spasm or or, or sore it's elbow. No, knees, right? right. This is a guy who has a condition that's gotten progressively worse. And no matter how many games you mandate or how many times you tell me, y'all need you to play, I need you to play. If I can't go because my body won't allow me to go, then I can't go. As opposed to a guy who, yo, the season just started. I come into camp in the best shape of my life. And the first week, I'm a healthy scratch or I got a sore foot. You know what that is? That's a headache. Okay, Joe, I don't get to come to work when I feel like it. I don't get to come to work when I feel good. No, that's not the way this works, brother. No, I have to come to work when I'm supposed to be at work. And if I'm supposed to be at work, I'm not asking you to play with a cantaloupe-sized knee. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to play with a slip disc in your back or a separated shoulder like they do in the NFL. No, I'm not asking you to do that. But if you are cleared to go, if you are cleared to go, why are you not working? What's the problem? I agree with that. And it's not that, of course, being an athlete is taxing on your body. Nobody's downplaying that. But what OG is saying, this is your job. You have people around the clock that are catering to all of your needs, what you need to eat, how you need to work out, how you need to manage your body. When it is your job and they have off seasons, you know, other jobs don't have off seasons. NBA, you have an off season period where you don't have to play every day. I, I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation to ask of them to just play 
games in the regular season. And the only reason we have an in-season tournament is so fans can be interested in the regular season product because if we don't have something like this, then nobody's going to be interested in watching games in November because what are all the conversations we're having always allude to when it comes to the Celtics? Oh, they're playing great, but the playoffs matter. I think the fans have also done a disservice by making everything about the playoffs. Therefore, there's no interest in a regular season. So I think it's also on the players not playing because they know the playoffs is all that matters, but the fans just making it about the playoffs. Therefore, the players just want to be right for that. And to be honest, it kind of goes hand in hand with, ironically, LeBron James. Eight straight years of going to the NBA Finals. What did we know was a foregone conclusion when those Golden State Warriors and those Cavaliers teams were going at it? We're waiting for the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors to match up in the NBA. That was finals. some of the worst years. So though. we were kind of conditioned. I don't disagree with you overly. Yeah. I don't disagree. Like, with you, you're overly. saying that as a LeBron fan, like uh, exactly. as a, as exactly as basically, if you're a fan of 28 other teams, it's like this shit sucks. It's it the was Warriors. Worst we had, but we were bad, we yeah. were conditioned. But did you think they felt that way in the 90s with Jordan? I don't know. I wasn't there. With Jordan, and I, the new I, team, I, though. I, you I know, know what, OG? OG, let me ask you: Did you enjoy watching basketballs basketball in the '90s when Jordan, what you knew at the end of the day, was going to be in the NBA Finals? Yes, I did because I knew that he was going to play every night. I knew David Robinson was going to play every night. I'm a basketball purist, so I'm I'm a little bit different. So I enjoy watching the game. I, I enjoy I, I I enjoy understanding the game, and I enjoy watching. I enjoy watching guys who I know are going to play. Because they love the game. Remember that we're talking about a time where there's a whole lot of other things going on with these guys. Back then, your reputation was your game. That was your reputation. It wasn't yeah. your social media or your following or your clothing line <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, you got to remember it was different too. Like the Bulls, yeah, MJ, you knew. But after that, like in the West, anybody could have came out the West. One minute it was the Blazers, then it was the Suns, then it was the Sonics. Then you had the Jazz back-to-back years, which even then, those were dogfights. So, like, yeah, I, it was I, different. I ain't talking about LeBron making the finals. I'm talking about strictly when KD went to Golden State. Shit was nothing. Those two years were the worst playoff basketball I've seen. Those two fun. years. It was not enjoyable. Although, uh, was, it the, was it the third year that you guys played against the Clippers? I believe that was the third year. That yes. it was the, that they were the eighth seed and they gave you guys a solid series. Yes. That was the third year, no doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I'm with you. That's 17, 18, 17. I was a little bit more optimistic. We had Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, we just come off the championship. I was okay. interested to see how we played. Five games done. We didn't even stand a chance. Yeah, Darren Williams. Then game. Then 2018. I'm watching LeBron James play the best basketball I've ever seen him play. We're talking about year eight, year 18. Mm -hmm. And for that to be the case, that he still gets swept, he goes and drops 51 points, and it's still not enough. I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. You knew it was a foregone conclusion. But now, at least, we we have seen a lot of, if the is the word I'm looking for, parity, uh, that we, we now do not know at the end of the day what's going to happen. Last year, conversations was, hey, is it going to be Denver? Oh, suddenly out of nowhere, Los Angeles is in the mix. The Boston Celtics for the for Miami to make it to the NBA Finals, that shocked the world. Yeah, Nobody, did. unless you were a Miami Heat fan, knew that the Miami Heat were going to go to the NBA Finals. So at least now, yes, you, we can still have conversations about the regular season. The regular season still means something to me. But for a team like Miami, a team like Los Angeles that skate through the entire regular season, go to the playoffs, and we're talking about them going to the WCF-ECF, and we're talking about Miami going to the NBA Finals, mm -hmm. it 
goes in hand with what you're saying. It, it We're kind of now being conditioned to not care about the regular season because these own guys do not care about the regular season. But I think that as time goes on, with when we don't see a, a team or a player as singly dominant as we've seen LeBron James or Steph Curry and what the Warriors were able to accomplish, maybe the Nuggets can do so. Maybe the the, the Celtics are the beginning of that. But just off know. last season alone, respect them. Off last season Mavericks. alone, then we really can we, we I've become a little bit more open minded to the fact of maybe we're growing as a league. Maybe we'll start to to really care about the regular season again now that we don't have these overly dominant guys that you know will be there at the end of the game. Riv, I also think that that you do a disservice to yourself as a fan because you're missing out on a lot of good basketball. Not like a lot of people don't talk about that Atlanta Hawk team that lost to Cleveland in 2015. Just so you guys know, there were 14 games over 500 against the Western Conference. The only team that they lost to was Cleveland. Is that 60 Every, games? They won, yes, games. they won 60 games that year. They were fun to Every, Everybody else, they beat them. If they don't run into Cleveland, they may very well be going to the NBA Finals. That's the problem. They may very well that San Antonio team, shut you down. That 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 San Antonio team in 2017. They won sixty. One. They won sixty-seven games that year mm-hmm. with 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 Tim Duncan gone. With Manu Ginobili at 38 years old. With 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 sixty-seven. Sixty-seven games that year. They won. They they won sixty-seven games that year. That year too. That was Kawhi's best year. Sixty-seven is insane. They won six. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, they won th- in 15, not 16, 17. I'm sorry, in 15, 16. The year, that, the, the year that the Warriors won 73 games. Okay, the, see, the, the was, San Antonio oh, Spurs won 67, 67 games that San Antonio was on Golden State's pace. They were literally right behind them in terms of game. Like they were winning just as many games. Yes, okay, they were. KC was behind the Spurs. They won about 57, 58 games. 58 games that year. And I think that you I think that a lot of fans, you do yourself a disservice when you're not watching the regular season because you get to see these players turn into what you think they're going to turn into. That's why I'm such a big fan of Jason Tatum. That's why I was such a big fan when I was younger, when I was growing up, Stockton, Malone, and Barkley, and, right. and Olajuwon. Because, like Anthony Edwards. He's because going to be you, there every single Anthony night. Edwards. I'm a huge Anthony Edwards. I'm, 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 like I said, I'm a Herb Jones stan. I'm on. I'm president of the Anthony Edwards. Uh, president of the Anthony Edwards fan club. I think that Anthony Edwards is going to be the best two guard in the league, and I also think he's going to be the league MVP at some point. So I think that a lot of fans are doing themselves a disservice when they're missing these regular season games because you don't get to watch these guys grow, and you have these guys in your city, and if you're not watching them, you're missing out. I thought the West last year was phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, I thought you had OKC. Amazing, you had the man. Pels making a late run. Yeah. You had Sacramento running shit. Memphis was in there. The Clippers, Golden State, the Lakers fighting for six, seven, eight. Like you had so many Denver OKC, running away. OKC yeah, like, being the, the you, surprise team. Dallas still trying to figure it out. Portland trying. Like you had so many teams just trying to figure it out before right. a couple teams obviously shut down. But it was just so many teams last year in the West that really legitimately thought as long as we get in. We can beat any team we feel like we play against. It, it went from Denver down to OKC, who OKC firmly believed whoever they played, they felt like they can beat them in the series. So, I, like, the West last year for me was so much fun. I think this year can provide the same type of ingredients because now we get Minnesota healthy, Golden State's retooled. You know, we got Denver back. L.A. brought back everybody. We got Phoenix. They retooled. Um, You got... Memphis hasn't won, but the Clippers, they didn't retool. You know, you got Dallas, who didn't, they retool. Like, it's so many good teams in the West. Like, we think Denver's the best team in the West, but there's just so many good fucking teams in the West. It's like, it's it just, the problem, I think, is the gap the West has over the East. 
which makes it so much le- like it makes the sport like half entertaining because it's like the East. It's like you got a lot of teams. Is it still like that though, Riv? Is, 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 is it still like that though, though Riv? And that, that's what I was about to say. That's I what I was about to say. East, I mean, three of the four best records in the NBA was in the Eastern Conference yeah, last year. I think like the East top heavy. Like I think we all want to see Boston. I think we all want to see Philly, Miami. Right. Milwaukee. I think we want to see the Knicks and Milwaukee. And Cleveland has jumped into that team. But that that in between middle ground like that West has Pacers, with OKC in the Pel- like we don't really want to see that until the playoffs. You know, what maybe I'm that's the problem though, Rib, because now you got players like oh yeah, of course, what Indiana has is in Halliburton, who's a great young talent yeah. that you're missing out on. Also, that you I need also to think that's a part of NBA not booking them a lot. You know, and I think definitely, Orlando definitely needs to be not on TV. Everybody more. got money for yes, they do. Orlando not needs to be got on TV like, more. Stream meets don't work for everybody. Not everybody got right. a time zone. So the fact that you don't put these teams, you don't get like I understand you got to put Golden State, LeBron, and Steph on for forty games a year. I get that. That's the money. Fine. Right. But you got to give these other teams like Orlando's a team to come up. Indiana's. You got to give these other teams twenty to twenty five games to really. Minnesota. Right. Minnesota, Minnesota. Of course. You got to give these City. Type of games to it's really to be on TV more. People involved in see like I'm sure like that Jazz Magic game last night. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fire. Yes, like, you, you need like casuals need to know about Tyrese and Darius Garland. They're entertaining. We say that players. kindly. Casuals, that. there's nothing wrong with being there's a, lot a of casual yeah, of watching course. basketball. You need to player. know That's about Bon Carroll. You need to know about Ant Man and stuff. Like Ant Man is gonna get pushed by the NBA, of course, but you need to know about these other talents, SGA and the bunch. Like SGA is getting pushed by Skim, so shout out to him. People are gonna know him <laughs> and stuff like that. But you need to know about these players so the NBA can grow because LeBron and Steph and KD and these boys aren't gonna they're they're gonna be gone really soon. So we should sure. start building Pro- up that product for real. For real. <laughs> the problem we have in old rib is that these guys have been around so long that it's, it's like so they're going to they're going to they're going to be around the, the fan is almost conditioned to think that these guys are going to be around forever. Steph's mm-hmm. not going to be around forever. James is not going to be around forever. These guys are going to go away. So so you got to you got to start gravitating more to these younger guys. Orlando needs to be on TV more. He ain't going to never hear from Kawhi every again when he retires. No, we're not. He's going to he's going to go into the Himalayas. I, I promise you, you never oh, go island out there. One hundred percent. I don't think you'll ever hear from him again. Detroit got a kid named Jalen Duran. He's fantastic. These guys yeah. need to these guys need to be seen more on television. So no, weirdos like Jimmy Butler talking about he's not gonna be accepting his Hall of Fame speech, and we probably ain't gonna hear from him either. Right. I mean, it's like that Pelicans Pistons game last night. It was fun to watch her. The OKC yeah. Pals game was great. Yeah. Facts, it was a facts, great facts, game facts. when he came back and he got like it was a great game down the street. Like, and well, I if do this, if, a, a really lot quickly, of, Joe. Really quickly, yeah. Joe. If this in-season tournament, if this brings more notoriety to younger teams and more talent, I'm all for it. I just don't want it to just be a money grab. I don't yeah. want it to be that. I want Oklahoma City on TV more. I want Orlando on TV more. I want Indiana. I want I want to see these teams on TV more so the league can expand. Because because Rib just said it. Not only is, there's a reason why teams are great. You got a bunch of ballers in the league. Hell yeah. There's, you know, there's high schoolers. Sorry, just moment, there's high schoolers getting marketed bigger than certain NBA players, and that's that's insane to me. I'm with you. Like that's insane to yeah. me that you got high schoolers who might not even make the league. We're talking about like, Mikey? No, I'm just speaking uh-huh. in general. But unfortunately, he did pop up in my brain yeah. because he's going with some stuff. There's some issues guns. right now. And, yeah. But there's there's certain like there's certain players in high school and college like that are getting booked bigger than NBA players, and they might not make it that far. Which is crazy that they start that early. It's crazy that they're doing that instead of. You know what? We got a guy in Tyrese. We got a guy. I'm just using those two because they're exciting. And Garland, two exciting players. Let's have more Indiana and Cleveland game. Trey Young, he seems like an exciting player in Atlanta. Let's go have more Atlanta games. You know, stuff like that. But 
who am I, man? I'm just a guy with podcasts. I feel like even with the older generation leaving, I think the NBA is in a great spot because they have so many young players. And I think the player that's going to lead the way for this upcoming generation is Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, what he did, 38 points, 10 rebounds, and wasn't a nationally televised game. He outplayed Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in that That's game and took same over court. in a fourth the quarter. Same he court. He, he shared reminds with me of another guy, man. Talk to me. Kawhi Leonard. Really? Greatness, man. Outplayed another, you know, Devin Booker. KD, oh, it's funny. Cole. No, I thought you were talking about, you know, LeBron being near 21, outplaying a Kawhi Leonard, outplaying a Paul George. Paul George got fouled Anthony out. Davis. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, lucky. don't foul. No, some of them were bullshit, but he played amazing. That's all I. Hey, Paul he George is the reason they were in that game at the end. Sort of, he had to show came who really big, uh, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if Paul George is the reason, or the Lakers giving the game away, missing he had, some free he had throws. Some big shots. Paul George, his Paul George like, missed free throws. Hey, you were begging me to stop. I tweeted. I was like, please, Paul George. He was He was telling Cam like, I'm really him. Like, nah, he was wild, and Cam was playing some good defense. Paul George could do whatever he wanted. Great game. That was great. That was an amazing game. We we kind of been spoiled. That was one of the best November games you're going to find. And you listen to them, the Warriors game and like Joel, you're talking about Victor. To, to do what he did last night, two games in a row against the Phoenix Suns, we're talking about a contending team for the championship to beat them on back-to-back games. And maybe the first game he didn't play his best game, but game two, he was nothing short of everything that we thought that he can be pull-up jumpers, uh, catch off the dribble, go ahead, uh, shoot, shoot off the dribble, uh, the, the pull-up three right before the buzzer. He can do anything offensively. And what we were having the conversation about, when he gets into one of those zones, Give him the ball. I know that he's young. I know you want him to earn your stripes. Nope. Get him the ball. What happened? You scared me. No. I said nope. Oh, the oh no. I, I, I thought something happened. I, I, I was traumatized. Yeah, man, but but when he gets the when he gets into one of those moments, I know you got to earn your stripes. Get him the rock. Let him keep going because we know the offensive skill set that he has. I love seeing Trey Jones Vassell just kind of throwing the ball at the glass. Let Victor go up and get it. He's he's. One of one, he is the only one that can get to a ball that height. Use that to your advantage. And that's what concerns me with the Suns for a full circle moment, that big presence. I know you're not going to face Victor every night, but if when you're going up against a Jokic, when you're going up against a, a an Anthony Davis, that's when I start to have concerns. And Wemby's that extreme case where it's not going to be every night where you have your 75. center beat five yeah. inches taller than your big man. But that's what makes Victor so special. And he's going to be the, the treatment that they gave Zion is the treatment that they're going to give Victor Wembanyama because he can give you excitement every single time he's on the court. You got to earn getting on television. They gave it to Zion right out the bat, but he was injured. And to this point, he has not been able to stay healthy. So they've kind of toned back the Pelicans game. Wemby's getting that push. He's playing. And he's performing. Absolutely. And he's doing his thing. And I feel like, you know, Wemby is just one-on-one. It just, just feels like the next generation in basketball with all these players that are 6'10 and 6'10 plus can handle. They can shoot the ball. I know that upcoming in the these upcoming draft classes, Cooper Flag, who's going to Duke, Duke is yep. I just somebody like from, that. Uh, he just got cleared by UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. He's about 7'4". Yeah. So he's he's another big. Dude he's going to be a in. top ten pick in the draft. So like a handle too. It's a lot of things to be excited about. He's asking legitimately. Can what? he ball handle? Can he, is he somewhere? Oh, I handle? thought you said something else. My mind went completely <laughs> left. Um, I haven't watched much films. So I couldn't tell you. Oh, he will be. He will though, because Vic is the future of basketball. And what it I mean will. when I what I mean when I say Vic is the future of basketball, 
Vic is the guy who's going to – he's Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. He's Dr. J and Jordan. He's the guy that we got to do that. And if we can't do that, we're going to be prehistoric and we're going to be out of the league. So we have to learn how to do that. This It's not going to be an influx of six foot ten to seven foot three guys in the NBA. They're already there. That skill set, I have to learn that. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to stick around. That's what Vic's going. That's what Vic's going to do. But the thing with Vic is, Joel, I'm with you. You cannot replicate yeah. seven four. Okay, seven, everyone five. wants bowl bowl. Everyone's saying it was bowl right, bowl before. Yes, come on, man. Vic three games, four games into his NBA career. That shit is like, dead. If you, if you look at NBA history, like you. Mark Eaton was about seven two, seven three. Manu Bowl was seven six. Like Mo Bowl, Sam another Sam was one. Pretty Sam Sam was like seven, seven two. Three. Like you can't replicate Victor's skill. Yeah, exactly. no matter how like you can't. Like, he, and yeah, you smooth can't do too. It. Like he doesn't look like. But I say Cooper Fly, man. He's one of the ones for sure. He's one of the ones, one of the ones for, for sure. sure. Like another or dominant. Don't know what he position he gonna play. Whether it's the three or the four, the two, the five, I don't know. But in terms of defensive versatility and do it all. See, that's the one thing, too. Like, yeah, we've seen him have those games where he has four blocks. I feel like we haven't really seen him really solidify him or but he's still like get ready four on, games on into the, the his career. He's one of the best rim protectors in the he's league. He's a great rim, uh, excuse me. He's a great rim protector. But again, I feel like there's still more to, to yeah. be desired on the defensive yeah, the, side. The blocks, the like numbers, isn't there? But in terms of like the tearing shots, just getting For in sure. the way, like he is right up there with anyone. I mean, all you got to do is just, yeah. I mean, you're, you you're blocking the yeah. fucking rim. Devin Booker is one of the best finishers at the rim we have in this league. And for him to to really force Devin Booker to to alter his shot yep. the way that he did last night. So I Devin mean, Booker tried to like throw his shoulder and he didn't move? No, no. He, he little boyed him. <laughs> yeah. Fix one of them ones, man. Two weeks into the NBA season, there's a ton of surprises early on that I want you guys to speak on. Drew, I'll start with you. What have been some of your biggest surprises two weeks into the year? Biggest surprise, Miami last in, in the Eastern Conference. That's definitely not what I was anticipating. It's We're five games in. We're going to be okay. I definitely anticipate them to be up higher. We, we've seen Jimmy Butler injured. We saw Bam miss a, a game. So I think that we're going to – that the Miami Heat are going to be all right. My biggest surprise by far – Lamelo Ball has been near atrocious. Mm. Averaging, he's averaging. I'll just say for what it is, fifteen and a half points per game. He's averaging this shooting under, or just about thirty percent from the field. The three point shot, which was amazing for him last season, for him to get to thirty eight percent on eleven attempts, that is that is very special company on that amount of attempts for that percentage. That's great but we've seen him struggle. He's really not been the same with his jump shot this season, shooting under 30% from the three-point line. To forgive you the, the exact number. It's 26.7. He's been struggling mightily, and he's been the main reason we haven't seen the Hornets more competitive in these games because the guys around him, we're seeing Terry Rozier play some really good basketball. Mark Williams Hayward, has been playing some really good basketball. Gordon Hayward has been playing some really good basketball. We got into the discussion at the very start of the show talking about Brandon Miller. He's looked solid so far in his rookie campaign. LaMelo's been that missing piece that, that the Hornets have been desperately needing and for him to be struggling the way that he has early on in the season. This much has definitely surprised me. Um, I have one that maybe not a surprise, but something we were all hoping for that's come true. The Orlando Magic are, are getting the job done. Three and two right now. They're three wins over the Rockets, Blazers, and Jazz. Mm -hmm. Not the most, you know, uh, gauntlet of a schedule, but if you want to get into the plane, if you want to be around 500, you got to beat the team you're supposed to beat. And those are three teams I think we're all expecting them to beat. Um, they went down to the wire against the Lakers. They were 
right back and forth. They had a chance to to win the game right at the end. Suggs uh, came up a they little were bit a short. PG nucleus away from beating the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were the facts because they were in that Clippers and game. The third quarter, in the third quarter they came out flat. They got outscored by twenty. Lost the game by sixteen. It was really just that third quarter where they were not able to do anything. But yeah, the you Magic been really Tough. good. And Paulo, Paulo last night had 30, right? He finally had his breakout game. The three, four games before that, bro, he was bad. He was not good. He was inefficient. I think his high was like 15 points. So they were winning games without their best player really playing up to their potential outside this last game uh, against Utah. So shout to shout to the Magic. They've been doing their thing. The for, defense for me, really for has me, been lit. Boncaro, yeah, they're top 10 in yeah. defensive rating. From the two games I've watched, Boncaro, he doesn't look like he's as aggressive as he was last year. He's kind of looked like he's playing with it. From Just from the two games I've watched. You know, he's kind of looked like he's playing within the offense. He's not forcing any tough shots or forcing any insane shots. Yeah, down the stretch chilling. against the Lakers, I'm like, get, get him yeah, the ball. Get yeah, him he's he's kind of just, just like going was, through the flow of yeah. the offense. That um, one they blew. They definitely should have won that game. My surprise is probably like the same with Dells, like something we expected, but I think will happen faster. I think Asar Thompson can become an elite defender, all-NBA defender year one. He's you know, amazing. He, he's like the offense is offense dog shit. Been, Look, we had four, four or five he, air no, balls. The, the, the thing I love it, he's he's being aggressive. He's not letting he's, yeah, he's not letting right. the air balls. He's, 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 he's took a few air balls, but he's not letting them sway him. And <laughs> yeah. that's what you like to see. He's going to keep taking a shot. The space you're going to Detroit is nuts, but they're banged up right now. But Asar Thompson on the defensive end, I mean, his play-by-play awareness is just knack to know where to be on the defensive end. I mean. As a rebounder, as a shot blocker, as a just POA defender, he's been so amazing to start the year. And we could be looking at a guy like Herb Jones, like Jaden McDaniels, like another elite type athletic defender coming into this to this league. Six, seven, you know, can probably jump out the gym with anybody in the league. You know, he's he's not as weak as we thought he was. He's pretty firm and pretty strong. But I saw Thompson to start the season has been an elite defender, a great glue guy, kind of like Andre Iguodala. But just been he has to up the offense, of course, but defensively and as a playmaker, he's been great for them to start. Asura Thompson has fit in right in with Cade. And I think if you're the Pistons right now, there's only two players that fit with Cade Cunningham. It's Jalen Duran and Asura Thompson. Everybody else, I don't think should be a foundational so piece moving forward. Killian Hayes is starting for whatever reason still. It's the Jaden Ivy off the still. bench. I don't think Jaden Ivy fits this team. I think in the in the next year and a half the Pistons have to make some serious decisions on who they're going to surround around Cade because he's he's a star he just needs the right spacing around him mm -hmm. to truly unlock him as a player that's fair mm -hmm. the one thing I want to see him do is limit the turnovers that's been out of control but we're still seeing him get to his he's one of the only players to be top five in points and assists he's been great so far this season now, my, my surprise, I have two. The first one is Cam Thomas averaging 28 points per game through four games. The first three games, he averaged 30. Fourth game, he, he had an off game. But Cam Thomas has right been one of the best-kept secrets in the NBA on the Nets for a while. Whenever he gets his opportunity, he's going to get buckets, and he shows out in a big-time way. And I think I, I applaud Jack Vaughn for now starting him, and he's playing with the lineup, and he's doing his thing. And the other one is... I didn't expect this this year, but Scotty Barnes is really doing his thing. He's averaging 20 points. He's averaging what close to 10 rebounds. About? He's averaging six assists per game. The jump shot looks much improved. That's for that sure. jump shot has to be more consistent. But to this point, he's mm -hmm. looking like the best player on the Raptors on some nights. You're back? I think Pascal Siakam still got that. I'm not totally back. I think Scotty Barnes got to be more consistent. Before last game, which he didn't have a turnover. Another one has to clean up the turn. I agree with that. Like seven mm -hmm. per game, right? Yeah. I, my other one I have is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks worst defense in the NBA. Are you shocked? Um, that the worst, worst. Yes, I didn't oh, expect them worst. to be. You're right. Pardon I didn't me. expect them I'm, to I'm be great, but 
worse in the league. Like when they made that Dame I trade, Wizards would be worse. Every, a, a, a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when they made that Dame trade, everyone agreed. Like, listen, you make that deal a hundred times, right? You need someone, especially to close out games. You need someone like Dame. We knew the defense was going to drop off moving off of Drew Holiday. Unfortunately, he ends up in Boston. That's kind of a double whammy there. But the they don't outside. They have Giannis and Brook Lopez, phenomenal defenders. Who is growing the perimeter on this team? When you're going to have to go up against, you know, whoever, whether it's going to be the Jason Tatum's, the Jalen Brown's, or Jimmy Butler's, whoever it's going to be, be that old boy. Who, who are you going to be able to Giannis? throw at them to defend on the perimeter? Because <laughs> right now they have not been able to defend anybody. Like it's it's been it's been ugly to watch. And Dame's had a couple off shooting nights too, um, but he did have that huge performance uh, night one against against Seventy uh, Sixers. And he's been pedestrian ever since. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he's been he's been pedestrian ever since. The the biggest. Shock for me has been not not shock, surprised more than anything. The Scoot. I thought Scoot would have been a lot better than what he is. Scoot has just been, he looks like the guy that's just lost in school. He has no idea what we're doing. He has no idea where we're going. He, I think, and DeAndre Ayton has been suffering because of that, because he's playing with a point guard who doesn't know how to get him to basketball, doesn't know where to get him to basketball. DeAndre Ayton has always been a guy who can clean glass. But the problem is, is that he's always also been a guy who, when you get him involved in the offense, he'll do the other things. When you don't involve him in the offense, he doesn't do the other stuff. In this particular situation, he's running with a point guard in Scoot who doesn't really know what he's doing. And I think that that – I think he's shooting less than 10% on a long ball in these last in these first five games i think he's shooting under 35 percent in these first five games i don't think he knows exactly where his spots are i don't think he knows what guys he's looking for i've been really surprised with scoot henderson and his lack of knowledge of the game coming in i thought it would be much better getting coaching in the g league he should have been more pro ready yeah he should have been more pro ready than other nba prospects because he did have that g league coaching so that's that's also been a surprise to me the inefficiency, I think he's settling for too much three-point jump shots, but I definitely felt like he had more of a feel for the game than what I've been seeing early on, especially in the pick and roll. You're able to float it the other day. Not, Not good. Not uh, good. For a guard, that's actually crazy. Four games into the season, though. I think a consensus surprise for all of us, even for me, is the Grizzlies being 0-5. And I expect them to be like 1-4. Well, losing four, to the Wizards and the Jazz were crazy. 2-3. and three, Losing to the Wizards, losing to the Jazz. Tonight, Jazz they face like, Portland. They're the best bad team. No, getting clipped by 30, though, was crazy. And, no, inexcusable. But the Jazz are a good bad team. <laughs> like, throwing the ball up the backboard and throwing. No, uh, the, no, the Wizards, Wizards are they're yeah, a bad Jordan bad team. The they're a bad, bad listen, team. OG going to hate on Vobs. You know, he, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> OG going to hate on, on the back. Get your OG, is this an overreaction or not? The Grizzlies are going to miss the playoffs this year. I'm on record saying that, that they're out. They're only going to be on the outside looking in. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Losing losing John Morant for almost a third of the season is going to be a big problem because that's 27 and 8 that you're not going to be able to replace. You got the dynamic of both Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain that you're still trying to figure out, that trust thing that I was talking about. Your best rebounder is now off the floor for the entire season. You don't have that. Your second best dirty work guy and Brandon Clark is not playing all year. You got a foul-prone uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. who plays sparingly offensively I don't think that they're going to be able to overcome these woes. I don't, especially considering what the Western Conference is. And now that they've started the season 0-5, yes, I, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. You know, OG, in the offseason, I had the take that the Grizzlies were also going to miss the playoffs. 
these three gentlemen here couldn't believe what I was saying. They thought mm. I was talking with my head cut off. And they, they kept telling me over and over, the Grizzlies without John Morant, they're good. They got a winning record. But last year, when the team has some had lesser depth, they went 12 and 10, barely 500. They mm -hmm. lose Dylan Brooks. They lose Tyus Jones. You That's replace true. those two players with Marcus Smart, who I think Marcus Smart is a fine player, but he doesn't replicate the value of those two players. They're 0 and 5. And if it was if these losses were against great teams, I wouldn't be overly Pelicans pa Nuggets. panicking on mm -hmm. this team. But the fact that you lose to the Jazz in a fashion you did, you lose to the Wizards, who right now they're playing AAU basketball. Right. Right now, the Grizzlies are 29th in point differential, 23rd in defense, and 30th on offense. Even bad. The depth concern is real. Xavier Tillman is a good backup center in spot minutes. But this year, offensively, he can't rim run. He doesn't have an outside jump shot, so they leave him open. Mm -hmm. And on defense, he's been getting overmatched. Steven Adams, him being out for the entire season, is going to hurt the rebounding. They're not going to recover from that. Right now, they're 0-5. They have 20 games left without John Moran. I am being generous and saying, let's say they're 8-12, and 12, right? They're 8-12 and 12 until this point, until John ja comes back. That puts them 8-17 and 17 when John ja Morant does come back. And I don't think the problems are going to be fixed. This team, with or without John ja Morant, is still a below-average half-court offense. They're not going to be able to fix the rebounding woes. This team will be better, but... There's a ton of teams in Western Conference that are good, and I don't think the Grizzlies can overcome all of the bad moves that they've made in recent seasons. Losing Kyle Anderson, trading DeAnthony Melton for a pick that became David Roddy. You lose Dylan Brooks. You lose Tyus Jones. The Grizzlies have been trying to swing and hit for a wing for years now, and those players now have been Zaire Williams, David Roddy, and Jake LaRavia. Neither are ah, David Roddy wasn't a swing. Like a late round pick. He was a late round pick, but they're trying to get a wing player yeah, that can that can play a role. Swing and miss for they're sure. trying to finally get a wing player that can play 20 to 25 minutes and actually be serviceable for them. That's why they offered three first round picks or four, I think it was from Mikel. That's why they offered three mm -hmm. for OG. They need that spot solidified. And until they get that spot solidified, I, I don't think this team is going to do much. And they just signed Bismack Biombo. I think that's a clear panic move because they need setter minutes that aren't Xavier Tillman. I just don't have much faith in this team going forward, even if John Morant comes back, because John Morant's going to get hurt sometime in the season. Ooh. He's not somebody that plays all 82 games. So we're talking about 25 missed season. games with Ja. Yeah. Then we're talking about about like maybe 15 games of him just being out because of an injury. I don't think this team recovers and makes the playoffs. I think um, – well, I had him as an eighth seed, so it doesn't look, it doesn't look good right we now. We had him as a playing team. Yeah, yeah, I had him as a playing team. Okay. And I think because I think the problems when they in the offseason were legit, but I thought John Morant, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain should be good enough. You know, then they lose Tyus Dylan Brooks, but they had Marcus Smart. So I was like, all right, Dylan Brooks is a positive negative at the same time, you know, positive on uh, defense, negative on offense. Tyus Jones obviously a positive, but Marcus Smart can probably give you a little bit of both. And then you can still have get leaps from these other players, as in Jaron Jackson. Desmond Bain, and then of course John Moran would get back eventually. But then Steven Adams goes down. You see the defense has not recovered. Brandon Clark is banged up. Luke Kennard uh, is banged up. Like this team is banged up from top to bottom, and they don't even have a defensive identity right now. And I'm looking at Jaron Jackson Jr. Like I'm really looking at Jaron Jackson Jr. because John Morant is out for 25 games. That's on him, 100% on him. He is the franchise player. He is the 27 and 10 guy that you just can't 
let me he's a 27-7 guy that you can't just replace. When he comes back, in theory, they're gonna win a, they're gonna win more basketball games. When they get back right. in the hunt, it's gonna be tough because, like you mentioned, they'll probably be deep out the hunt. Jaron Jackson Jr. has not gotten better. He has so to start this season, he has not gotten better at the things he needs to get better at. And that's the problem because you have John Morant, but you have Jaron Jackson Jr. as that other guy that's supposed to take that insurmountable leap to where you can be this team in the West that can compete. And as great as Jaron Jackson is as the defender, I remember pulling up the numbers last year. He was not as great without Steven Adams. He was not as great as having that guy to guard the bigs to or to actually let him play the Romer role. And that's what he is. He's a Romer. There's nothing and wrong. He with doesn't that. rebound neither on top he, of that. He, which elite is, Romer. Yeah, he's an elite yeah. Romer, but in, defensive rebounding is a part of yeah, defense. Not he, a good rebound. He's not a good rebound. He doesn't rebound neither. Saying to me because he's 6'11, he can jump, he's agile, he's quick on his feet. It, and offensively, he has not gotten better as a player. He's not become a consistent shooter. His post-up, it still looks like it's not natural. And I think Desmond Bain is a good player, but we mentioned it. Desmond Bain, to me, was never really an all-star type He's player. He's a second option. Yeah, he, he was always, a, you know, I think a high-level role player to me. And this team, like, maybe we did undersell the moves. And I, I could be the first to admit we was probably wrong about this team in the offseason to start, you know, because we undersell the moves. But I think this team right now is, you mentioned it, they're in panic mode. Signing Bismack Biombo, they're banged up. John Morant isn't coming back anytime soon. They don't have guys that can save them. And unless they bring that defensive identity, because we've seen teams with bad offenses and great defenses win regular season games. Until they get that back, Lakers, this team, t- Toronto. So t- until they get that back, I don't see, because that's their identity. Their identity, they've always had a bad half-court offense, but their identity has always been hooked on that elite defense in the regular season. And until they get that back, I don't see how they can recover from this. They have two DPOI winners. Marcus Smart won the defense player of the year. Jaron Jackson Jr. won a defense player of the year. You have a bottom 20 defense. Yep. That's embarrassing. Yep. Joe, you just mentioned them as, as a as a as a team. I, I just want to make sure that I, I remember this correctly when we're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. Defensive rebounding, that's killer for them, right? And Desmond Bain being the shooter that he is and how streaky he is and being a second or third option, that's a huge problem for that team. Huge problem. And missing Dylan Brooks, we don't talk about that nearly as much as we should with that unit. Missing him, the defender that he is, he don't he doesn't shoot it, but he does give them something that they just didn't have, something that they did not have last season. This last, season, I mean, in particular. I know what you're talking about, OG, and I'm with you. Last season, they were the, statistically the best rebounding team in basketball. Yep. To lose Stephen Adams, to to not have Brandon Clark, that one was known. Losing Stephen Adams for the season was definitely a huge surprise. And so for that to be the case, and now you're right, they are scrambling. Bringing in a Bismack Biombo, Xavier Tillman is not a high-level starting center. He's, he's not even a mid-level starting center. He is a strong backup center. That was evident last season in the postseason. But when you don't have that type of interior presence and you're – best interior presence is not playing to the level that you are anticipating, then you do start to worry because Desmond Bain has been doing his job offensively, but on the defensive side of the ball, this team really has struggled immensely. You mentioned all the stats already, Joel, and, and with how maybe saying the word unserious is rude and strong at this point. That's just how I feel right now. Jaron Jackson, it seems as if he's playing unserious basketball mm. needs to be better on the defensive side of the ball we know he can be better you need to be more assertive on the glass that hasn't been proven yet that he can do that on a consistent basis 
But when you have the size, you have the athleticism that a Jaron Jackson does have, and your team is desperately in need for it, you need to make it a point of emphasis to do so. Mm. I, I, I think that obviously the, there's a lot more to, to the Grizzlies issues right now than just a Jaron Jackson. But I want to hold right now their best player accountable. We're talking about the defensive player of the year. We're talking about an all-star player. Jaron Jackson last season when John Morant went down showed me something offensively. I was moved in that 11 and what was it? That 11 game stretch. Uh, regardless, that middle of the season when John Moran was out, it was him and Desmond Bain. And we saw Jaron Jackson be aggressive, taking jumpers. We knew he's had the three point shot, but of course, now that he has streaky. the usage exactly, he's been a streaky shooter. But now that his usage was up, or when his usage was up, we saw him being aggressive and getting to his. I was excited. I thought we were finally seeing him turn that page as an offensive player. So far this season, that has not been the case. And really, where, again, like I mentioned, their issues are bigger than just a Jaron Jackson. Sometimes you need to look at the team's best player and, and really evaluate what's the effort he's putting in. Is he the reason why or can he be the reason why this team can turn it around? And with Jaron Jackson, we know he has the abilities. It's just an effort issue right now. And when we were going over their schedule preseason, we were looking at some of these early games. Like, you know, they're not going to have John Moran, but they get the Jazz early like on. They get the right Wizards now. early on. Yeah, th- these next few games, Losing- like, they Nuggets. have a chance. They got the Blazers. Right. He, and, and the Nuggets. Joe, it's a game. Joe, Joe, Joe just said it. Joe, we, we're talking about a team that you, you said over the next 20 games. If we're looking at the middle of December, they're 8 and 17. I don't, I hate that. For them to have to recover, being nine games under 500. Oh, man, that's going to be bad. 8 and 17, you get John Moran back. Now you don't have to rely on Jaron Jackson as best. much. You can, I, I don't want to say, obviously, you become a top, you can't. Becoming top six becomes very improbable, yeah. extremely improbable. But with John Moran, with how special of a player he is and his impact, it, I'm not going to write their season. West, though, in the it, Western Conference? I'm with you, OG, but we, but we saw wow. – I'm not going to say that the Grizzlies had that type of motion that the Lakers did last season. They'll be looking to the get Lakers 10 were 2-10 and 10 at one point in time. Say that one more time. They'll be looking to get 10-9. and nine. By the, the time seats, he gets the back. Oh, okay. And even then, y'all won two games. They don't have a win. That's true, but two and ten. They still got six to get or five to get to, right? <laughs> no, I agree with Jaron Jackson's lack of improvement. I think that the Grizzlies for a while have been a leap from him away from actually being in contention, but there's too many flaws in this game. And in Team USA, I thought that was gonna be the breakout that he needed playing overseas basketball, mm-hmm. but but it felt like he didn't want to take coaching. Steve Kerr was critical of his game, of his of his foul proneness and a lack of ability to rebound. And Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of just shrugged off that constructive criticism. And that is what started to make me shoot the alarms because I'm just like, I don't know if this guy really cares about getting that much better. With that being said, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain have been playing their parts. I just think that in the West or when you play against teams on a night-to-night basis – Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain going up the opposing team's two best players just isn't good enough. Even looking at Utah, Laurie Markkinen is the best player between Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain. I think Laurie Markkinen is the best one. And then if you get a 20 and 6 game from Jordan Clarkson, that kind of matches the production of what you can't get, get blown from, out from, but, but from Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain. If you're saying this is Jaron Jackson's part, you're underselling his potential and what he should Agreed. be. I agree, but do you look at this stat right here? Bain's been doing his part. Jaron needs to step up. 44% of the Grizzlies' shots are coming from the perimeter. That's second most in the league. And that's because 
they have two players in the starting five at all times, or they have two players on the court at all times that can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Teams don't have to guard no, them. For sure. It's mm-hmm. Zaire Williams or David Roddy or Xavier Tillman. Teams are sagging off. So you can't, there's no driving lanes for Bain. There's no driving lanes for Smart or Jaron Jackson. So they're settling for jump shots. And on top of that, teams are shooting 43% from three on them. And that should regress. Issue, but if you're you're settling for jump shots, and then on the other end, Teams are hitting threes on you. That's just a bad but recipe they, to but win. But even last year, they played Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams. And that's like that's always been it. They've never had a consistent three-point shooting variant team. But Brooks yeah, is Jared somebody Jackson. that's up and down. Like yeah, Brooks' their strength even, has been transitioned. Dylan and Brooks they don't isn't, have that. isn't somebody who you really going out there to respect. Nah, you're not. Shooter. Same thing with Jaron Jackson. Even Jaron Jackson is, is being led out there to shoot. He's always because he's a streaky guy. Like you have to. The, the driving lanes aren't open. I agree. They're not. because mm-hmm. the, But the shooting has never been there. For this team, I think realistic. Like, I, wouldn't the value be more with Dylan Brooks on the defensive end because he speeds yes. them oh, up? Definitely, for sure. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely on the defensive end then, because he speeds them up. But That's even then, Dylan, Dylan Brooks, he's an All NBA defender. But in the games without John Morant last season, he averaged seventeen and he shot thirty six percent from three. So while you're not respecting him last year in the games without Ja, he was efficient from three and he was giving them some offense. And sometimes you need that, you know, you need that irrational confidence for somebody to just get going, get you some buckets. If they don't do anything these next four games, two against the Blazers, they got one against the Jazz, one against the Heat, it's chopped. They got to win at minimum two of these games. If they go one and three, it's over. You can't be sitting here one and eight and you've already played half of your games against teams that we don't even think is going to be in the play. And it's going to be quiet for them. And do you really expect Ja to be healthy for the entirety of the season when he comes no, back? No, I don't. Because there's also going to be a ramp-up oh, process, right? Ja's going to be able to come in and play 35 minutes game one, is he? I'm just, no, he is not. No, we're not just going to throw him back in there, throw him back in the fold. No, that's not going to happen. I just, exactly. I'm, I'm that guy that whether you know you, you like like it or not, I don't like to, to think that way. I like to think if you're on the basketball court and you, you have a full bill of health, I just like to stay in that mindset of you have a strong chance to stay in the basketball field. At least I'm hopeful. I don't like to think of that. Oh, you know, he, we just know it's going to happen inevitably. He's going to get injured. Just I get it. I get so it's history. Important. But no. then at the same time, it's just like, hey, I'm hoping for the best. I love the game when Ja Morant's on the court. The game's better with Ja. So that's the only reason why I say that. But yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Hope I think that's very games. I think that's very nice of you. But just watching how Ja plays and how he throws around his body, I just don't think that's realistic. But that's what makes him special. That's what makes him the box office attraction that he is. He jumps out the gym. He's one of the most athletic guards that we've seen. That's what makes him so special and one of the best players in the game. Like in the Lakers series. In the Lakers series, series, he got a wrist injury. In the playoffs, he played through it. I think in the regular season, he'll sit out because of that injury. Oh, yeah, for sure. But also, if they're a team that's going to be teetering on not making the play, and you hope that he's going to be able to suit up and say, we need these wins Do we think Memphis is in a position where they're going to really be fiending to make the playoffs? No, no, man. If they can get a good big, Bain in the is draft, locked up. Yeah. Jaron's locked yep. up. Jaws locked up. They don't so kind because... of have a Luca like year, or excuse me, Mavs like year, where you know, listen, well, one no, year setback. Dallas had a chance. They had a strong. Memphis chance. never yeah. at this point, probably at that point, would never really have a chance. The Grizzlies need an injection in talent, and they need another forward to come into the mix. And What's be that a projection, Pascal? What's that protection they gave up on the on those picks? I don't know. It could be Pascal. It's probably, it's probably lottery protected. You would assume, Pascal gives you rebounding, another connector. Obviously, can score the basketball. I think Pascal's just a weird fit. It, it does rather kind of weird so bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of obviously the notch up. That's it. I'm I feel like you, could, you don't need Adams another Jerry star. You need yeah. Right now, you need better role players to start. But how many start? They only have one star. 
No, I understand that, but bringing in a guy that's due for thirty-eight mil is gonna it's gonna tamper what you can do. On, on, like but Pascal's really, really I, fucking I, I, good. I'm not disrespectful. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I'm not like I think Pascal's really good, but at the same time, you're bringing in thirty-eight million dollars or whatever he's gonna be making. It's tampering what you can do in the back line for your bench for the spacing you still need. They, they on just the gave team. up picks and ties Jones to get Marcus Smart, so now they're you know even fewer assets. No, really Pascal's like not making your spacing. Amazing. No, 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 no. He no. doesn't solve that problem. Yeah, no. that's that's going to be the issue. OG kind of makes it like, all right, well, you could shoot. You know, mm -hmm. you have to step out there. And he's a high-level defender. But yeah. the difference with OG is there's a problem that we're having here at O'Rib because OG is in the same position as a lot of other young guys. OG wants his role to be ramped up. Now, yeah. on that unit, his role is not going to be ramped up. He's not going to be the number two or, or, or that kind of guy. He's going to be more of a role player because they got guys who can score. Now, yeah. he wants a bigger role, and if he's going to get on that crew – that's going to be a problem. He's in the caught in the same exact situation that he would be in Toronto, where yep. John's going to get more looks over him. Sure. Bain most definitely is going to get more looks. Maybe Jaron might not. Jaron might not. Sure. I agree. Jaron may, may not get more opportunity, but he's still looking at a third yeah. option, similarly how he is with Toronto. Another surprise is the Mavericks are off to a 4-0 start. And while Luka Doncic is leading is the team in points, rebounds, assists, and we've steals. already had like three different Luka topics in this show too. Shit's sick. You, you know, you know what I really want to talk about with the Mavericks? Tell me, they're nice. I, I want to talk. Right you don't want to talk about the Knicks. You don't want to talk about the Phoenix. Well, you just want to talk about Dallas. Hey, that's not nice. We, we, we did talk about a, the Suns. Suns topic in here. We did talk about the Suns. Yeah, we talked about. Wait, wait, wait. What did I? What did I text you guys last night? I said. I said suggest NBA topics. It was crickets from you guys. Nobody honest. answered. Sure. No topics. I'm there. No, I, I understand that, but I would think you would suggest good ones. Yeah, I think a, these are Grizz. good ones. This is, this is where you got Grizzlies, come in. Mavericks, You're the NBA guy. My I mean, favorite thing is coming. I fell asleep. On, my favorite thing is yeah, to come no, on the show and say it's ironic that we don't have X Y Z. That's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. So I'm gonna keep I'll, doing I'll it. I'll be honest. Locked in a fancy reaction last night. I had to do notes. I had to do yeah. the show. I couldn't think. Yeah, Rich, why don't you do something, bro? Do your job. Do your job. Go to sleep early. You know. Oh, interesting. I just feel like we had a Victor topic, and ironically enough, we didn't talk about the Suns. Can they ask? But what do you want to talk about, Dallas? What specifically? I want to talk about that other rookie center that. He's Dog. not he's not Victor Wembanyama by any means, but Derek Lively he's, he's is like that. is he's already trending towards being one of the better defensive anchors in Inspired. the NBA this season. Thirty three point eight percent of shots at the rim when Lively is off the court versus twenty six point five percent shots at the rim with Lively on the court. This in regards to her defense. I know what you mean? So we're already looking at Lively deterring shots at the rim for the Mavericks defense. And offensive rating, defensive rating are both drastically better when he's on the court. Offensive rating with Lively is 129.7. It's 114 with him off. And the defensive rating is 108.9 with him on the floor and 121.7 with him off. I'm looking at Derek Lively making this defense finally pretty good. I think getting Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr., they're rebounding the ball well. Derek Jones Jr. is really playing well right now. And then... Luca in the fourth quarter, closing games out. He's averaging 10 points in the fourth. Every single game he's taking over fourths he outside has. of the Bulls game. But even though in the Bulls game, the playmaking led them to that victory. I'm looking at the Mavericks and if you get Kyrie Irving healthy, which is a huge, huge question mark. Anytime, Joe. Any, anytime you want to show up, Irv, we, 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 we all here waiting for you. Anytime you want to show up, brother. You're talking about that Bulls game. You're talking about Derek Lively. He was huge for he them. He was huge. Because what's an underrated part of his game is not being that, that caught in that mentality of, I get the ball on the block. I should go up. I need to get there. No. 
He's actively looking for the open guy. He was huge down the stretch to see those guys in those shots. Six for six and nine for nine against us. Wow. Anomaly against us, as in the the, goal. Okay, Bulls playing Nets. I don't give a fuck about that game. But I agree, and I think Derek Lively. Listen, there's a there's been a lot of slack given to the Mavericks for them not making the play-in, but people forget they deserved. They blatantly tanked to not make it when the when they were happy about that. When they are they they blatantly tanked because if if they were going if they went all out to make the play-in. They would have lost their first round draft pick to the Knicks mm-hmm. and they would have never drafted Derek Lively. Them missing the play in allowed them to draft Derek Lively. And if you saw how the Mavericks towards the end of the season were playing and just their decisions late in the season, it was clear that they did this on purpose to get a high so draft pick. So they, they, should, draft no, so they should be fine. Whatever helps enough. They enough. should be fine. 500 million. Stop forgetting that before they started tanking, they were trying <laughs> to win and they weren't winning. Stop forgetting that part, please. Because you okay. keep making that excuse. So. Before they tanked for so Derek what Lively. Do you mean? Like so. Before they tanked, they were trying so. to win and they just weren't good enough to win. And that is okay. You can admit that. You can stop giving an excuse for why a top four player in the world was tanking for a center. He can still be great. He can still be great. You just got to take the slack. Like, bro, they were losing. So they were like, all right, fuck it. But please always start with they weren't good enough to make the play in. So they were losing. They weren't. They they could have definitely made a push, though. If they were the five seed, they wouldn't be tanking. No, they were. Their push was trading for Kyrie. Their push was trading for Kyrie, and it failed. So then they were like, although the offense was just unbelievable every single night, Kyrie and Luka were must-watch television. That defense was That's terrible. what we're seeing this year, though. They're 19th but, in defensive rating. Listen, the four note, you take it. You got to win whatever you play in front of you. Schedule. Tonight, uh, been tonight against Lively's Denver. Been now, been been and really Luca's been fire. Luca's been amazing. I, I can take my troll, but nobody, troll hat off. But nobody's questioning question Luca. We know Luca's going to be great. We know Kyrie's going to be great. It's just, is their defense going to be able to be at least respectful? Like, that was the big question for Kyrie Denver for years. Stop. He was great last season. Come on. Kyrie was the playoffs. Before a 90-type guy. Um, but it's just, can the defense just be good enough? It doesn't have to be generational. It doesn't have to be top five. But can it be good enough come playoff time that, you know, you don't have to have Luka drop 40-plus points every game. You don't need to be scoring 120-plus points every game. That's that's the biggest question with this Dallas team because four no is a great start. Um, the Mickey Mouse schedule, sure, but tonight Yo, you play Denver. Yeah, stop, you know, yeah. if they I'm want to the Spurs Denver, win, looks better and better. You're, it does. You're it does. Although the Spurs it game, the game it was going yeah, down the Spurs, to the wire. There, the Spurs game looks better and better, bro. I'll be honest. I don't and then know. Vic was in uh, foul trouble that game too. Yeah, I don't even know you call it Mickey Mouse at this point. They beat the Suns twice. No, no, no. Are you? But they also about they also the played games. Memphis and the Bulls. Bulls are Mickey Mouse. I'll give you that. Memphis, Memphis, we're not good. Nets, it shit. took a, a, which you can't, of course, Lucas Nets the took, team. Luca, started Luca was wild. insane. Yeah, 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 Luca yeah. was insane. OG, talk to us, man. Dallas. Dallas. Um, I'm sorry. I got kind of thrown off the track. The, Who are you watching? Who are you watching right now? Golden State in, in Oklahoma no, City. You see in Dort's not yeah, fucking missing, yeah, right? Golden State in Oklahoma City in a dogfight right now. I'm sorry. I got I got a little bit distracted. Yeah, but back, 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 to, back, back to Dallas. The fact that you lose Finney Smith, the fact that you lose Bullock, now you lose a lot of your perimeter defense, but you get Grant Williams. So you sure some of that up, and you get a guy who can shoot the basketball from the perimeter, but you still have one problem. The one problem that you do have is that Luka is still responsible solely 
for the majority of the offense off this crew because Kyrie Irving hasn't been playing the way Kyrie Irving needs to play in order to take the pressure off Luka. Luka should not be going 40 and 15 and 13. He should not have to do that running with a guy like Kyrie Irving. That's not necessary. But the fact that Kyrie Irving hasn't been playing the way he should be playing, Luka is now even more responsible. Or I feel like we're right back where we were last year where Luka has to do more. So with that being said, I do love this kid lively. I absolutely love him. I think he's a better I think he's better than Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell should not be on the floor unless this dude is off the floor. That's the only way Dwight Powell should be on the floor. But I think that Dallas with Luka having to do as much as he has to do, if he's got to do this much still and Irv doesn't pick it up, I think they're a playing team. Early in the season, man, Luka Doncic has been, it's been OD. all world. Did he break a record for the first world games? I think right now he's. I think he. I think the first game of the season he broke a record for having the first triple double. Well, it's only four players in NBA history who had a triple double on the opening night of the oh, NBA. Mm-hmm. I think Ron? it was Oscar Robertson was uh, one of them, and I, I think I have the picture. Because right now, what is he averaging? Thirty-three. Uh, he's averaging a, tri- a triple double. Uh, he's his efficiency is ridiculous, shooting over fifty percent from the field, over forty percent from three. The one thing that he has to work on is his free throw right now. That's the only thing that's under seventy five percent right now. He's been like that. As well. He has been, and I think that that it, that needs to be something that he works on as well. Uh, but again, when you do so many other things at such a high level, he has uh, been Austin special. Spice. But the concern becomes where backpacking off what OG just said. He shouldn't be having to do this much. Mm-hmm. Offense, we know he can. Obviously, he's been capable of doing Without this so Kyrie, far his entire though, career. Kind of For sure. And Kyrie, of course, has missed a couple of games. Mm-hmm. But my point being is, are we going to see Luka get to a point where he has to shoulder the offensive load every single night, every single game, and we get towards the end of the season and he's spent? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think that we... We uh, we shouldn't overlook that for the for just how much offensive responsibility that he has, not not only as a playmaker but of course in the the scoring responsibilities and the different ways that he goes about scoring. Right. You mentioned how lead of a finisher he is. He gets to the basket. He gets into the post. He also is backing down. It's his offensive game also does rely on his step back jumpers. He does take a little bit too many of those. But when we see him knock down the way that he's been hitting, shit, then you got to understand. But I think we'll start to get back to the median of what he's been at for the majority of his career. If he's yeah. going to keep shooting like this, then, hey, then maybe we can talk about it being sustainable because you're not putting that much on your body, driving to the basket, uh, turning your back to the basket, really backing down these bigger guys because you're not putting no guard on Luka Doncic. He's going to be backing up against one of those guys that can be at least on par with him size-wise. So that becomes a, a worry of mine for the long run. I don't doubt Luka Doncic. Regardless of what you guys may think about me, I know he's an amazing basketball player. Top eight for sure. He's going to continue to be great. Top eight for sure. That, no, top eight for sure. <laughs> top eight for sure. That's a great statement, Joel. But in the grand scheme of things, we do have to see how this progresses. Impressive so far what they're doing. Derek Lively, I'm glad that you highlighted him. Grant Williams has also been great in his role as well. As a career high. So so right now you got to love what you're seeing out of Dallas. But again, let's see how it goes long term. And especially once Kyrie comes back, how is this defense going to look where we haven't seen it play at the highest of level, although we've seen some players play very well. Mm -hmm. I just think the good thing about this Mavericks team versus the ones that Luca's been on in the past is that there is some optimism for their youth moving forward. Definitely. The team that made the WCF, I, I felt like they should have kept Brunson, but, you know, it was Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, Definitely. Tim Hardaway Jr. Hardaway Jr. still playing a great role with the Mavs. He's out in 20 players. this year. 
But now this year, you're having Lively, Josh Green, Jaden Hardy's playing a role. Um, Omax hasn't even been playing, but he's somebody that they're very high on. They played me preseason. They were starring Omax and Lively. He hasn't even touched the fucking court. So I feel like Kaysen is awesome too. Don't don't leave that Kaysen out too. He's been really Uh, good for them. Uh, Hardy last night was awesome as well. Or whenever the last time they played the Bulls. And that's why I feel like with this Mavericks team is like, even if let's say they make the play, and I think Luca might give this team some time to grow because they're the ceiling isn't capped because there's still a lot of young players on this team. So I think the good thing is that they actually have optimism for the future. And this isn't just a team that's set. Joel, let me ask you, do you really believe I don't think Luke is great? I don't think you don't think he's great, but I think you hate on him. Yes. <laughs> I definitely like to have fun when it comes to Luka Doncic because I feel like where he's been absolutely amazing for sure, uh, missing the playoffs last year is a blemish. And when you're great and you have to be held to you that standard, you have to nitpick. And I'm you can't you. fault me for that. And, on, and the defense matters. Remember Richard Jefferson when we're when he caught me on an edited clip saying that I'm not talking about I'm not talking about defense, talking about Dwight Howard. And he said it's a two way game. You have to play both sides. Luka Doncic, where he's not the worst defender we've ever seen, he's still not good. The NBA fined the Mavericks for tanking last year. They were blatantly taken. Yeah, well, they need to. They should have found them more. Like, they were egregious. But they were. They shouldn't be that position in the first. Place. They shouldn't have been in it. But the way the Mavs were losing, it was a bunch of close games. And I know the that doesn't. It doesn't it excuse wasn't. things, but I felt like it was a lot of the fourth quarter hot potato. Luca giving it to Kyrie. Who's going to take it? And the Yo, Tim Hardaway also. We haven't highlighted him. Tim Hardaway's been pretty fucking awesome for them too. But I think ultimately them getting Kyrie last year and. Him not choosing to leave, him choosing to stay. He sees a is, vision. Is I think it was a, a win for them, and then having yeah. the draft they had. Like, listen, they may have missed a plan, but ultimately, you can blame Luca all you want for that. That's fine. I didn't say I blame I, him. I think it's a blemish. I, I it's think a blemish. It's a blemish. I think the Mavericks are in a better position because of it. And I think the front office oh, went to obvious. him, and they told him that too. Hey, so, Luca, we're gonna I'll, actively I'll always have lose. that eleven seat on. <laughs> time of your career. <laughs> Keep hating, Bells. I'm chilling. I got nothing to hate about. My team's 4-0. Tatum's playing MVP level. That's, that top six is dangerous. We're hey, not my, worried about my, no matter. My team has beaten the Suns and the Clippers. That's good. We've beaten the Heat next. Yeah, and that's going to do <laughs> it for episode 224 of the Pick Aside podcast. OG, we want to thank you OG, for being on the out. show. Thank you, OG. OG, you know how it goes. Talk to me. Is there anything hey, you want to find out before you go? Hey, man. Like I said... It's like seeing family that I hadn't seen in a long time. Like I said, I don't have a lot of time for a lot of things, but I always got time for you dudes, always. No question about it. And any, I, a lot of times people will call and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you. But whenever you dudes call, I got time for them dudes, 100%. Yes. You appreciate yeah. that, OG. Yes, it's I always do. love. Absolutely. Love these dudes. And that's going to do it. You guys can follow us on Pick Aside Podcast at, at uh, Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Pod on Twitter. Join the Thank Patreon. you for watching. Yes, join the Patreon. And we'll see you next time.